Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. The mysterious Gram Box from Morbeer brings you this Brewing Network Sunday session. See the Gram Box affordable control unit at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. And it's The Session live once again from downtown Joe's. We got a pretty full house out there today, which is good to see. And uh, thanks for having us back, Colin. Uh, Thank you. Look at all those people out there. I don't think they came for us. They came for Tasty's Beer. I think they all came to see Kim Wood myself. That's possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I personally think they all came just to go into the really futuristic bathroom. It you is a very to, futuristic bathroom. The only thing bathroom. you have to touch is your wiener. <laughs> you don't have to flush anything, and you put the thing in the thing, and the thing comes out, and you dry your hands. It's all awesome. Well, another 10 bucks, you get a touch for you, too. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> Who do I pay? I owe someone money. Yeah. I, I think Schumann's back there. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, welcome out to Downtown Joe's, everybody. We're at Downtown Napa at the uh, historic Downtown Joe's building. Yes. And uh, I don't even know how many times we've been here, but every time it's a lot of fun, and uh, a lot more people come out every time. Yeah, this is a huge mm-hmm. turnout. That's and, great. You know, speaking of the high-tech bathroom, we're, we discover something new every time we come out here. Colin <laughs> likes to make things difficult on us. For one, they, they rebuild the place. Uh, one they, day he's going to make a hologram where you walk in, you walk
talking to a wall. <laughs> He's going to screw with everybody's yeah. head. So, you know, Colin has this, uh, this, this, this newfangled Wi-Fi internet thing going throughout the building, and he's had that since we did our first broadcast. And it was never a problem. We can all just log in and, and use it. And yeah. this is how long we've been doing shows at Downtown Joe's. It used to be that not everybody in the world had a smartphone. So there was, right. there was no bandwidth trouble. So I thought, well, it's just the same as always. But now every third person in this room is, is Facebooking right now. And you're all here, but not really here. You're virtually somewhere else. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for the folks at home, that you're probably not going to get a live video feed today because of all the jerks Facebooking. <laughs> so don't blame it on me. Blame it on these jerks. Yeah. But the audio stream is working. You can listen live. Uh, I would recommend, if you're in the area, just coming down to Downtown Joe's instead. Please do. Then you can listen to us here. You can look at Colin's pretty face, and you can drink Tasty's beer. And we're live in 3D. All the smart people are here. We're in 3D. Well, and you can can help prevent anybody else from getting a video check. Come down and use your smartphone. Free (laughs) Wi-Fi. Just help screw everybody else. take the whole thing away. See if we can kill all of the bandwidth (laughs) all in one show. Well, we're always doing new things out here at Downtown Joe's, and tonight's no exception. We've got a really fun topic to talk about that I, especially you homebrewers are going to be interested in. Bottle caps. We're going to talk about oh. bottle caps all night long. <laughs> well, what Colin and Tasty, our, our trusty co-host down there at the end, has done, uh, have they've started a process of designing an all-new pale ale for Downtown Joe's. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The first of their experiments is on tap tonight. Uh, does that have a name yet, tonight's? experiment? No, we're hoping to get some help from the chat room and from the audience, and maybe we'll have a name. We can name it. Okay, so we might get to name a beer tonight. It's uh, it's the first of five attempts, and at the end, the goal is that Colin has a brand new pale ale to serve here at Downtown Joe's, and uh, we're lucky enough to be a part of it through huh. our very own Tasty. So you have a limit of five of five batches and, and, until you get it right? You know, my, my experience is, is within about five batches. We'll have it dialed in pretty close. I, I like, uh, it's almost like a budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have a set amount. You, you're, yeah. you're not going to go beyond this point, and, and we'll reassess at that time. I like it. It's kind of a neat little. You know, a lot of homebrewers, when they kind of redo their, their, their batches, they just keep doing it in perpetuity. I, I've Forever. been doing my uh, oatmeal stuff for like two years. Oh, yeah. And at some point, you just go, look, dude, it's, it's not, you're not doing anything. At some point, it's the brewer, not the recipe. At some point, it is. <laughs> you know, I haven't reached that point yet. You have to fill that out. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. If you're a home brewer, you're going to get to learn about how a, a small brew pub designs a recipe and, in turn, uh, how you can design your own recipe. So Colin will talk to us all about that uh, tonight, along with Tasty's help. It's almost a Tasty show, really. It really is. <laughs> Because the man has two different beers on tap. He's got his Janet's Brown that was brewed uh, up the road there at Russian River Brewing Company. And then, of course, he's got the pale ale he brewed with Colin. It is a convergence, for sure. Now, Tasty, you've been on a, a micro tour with that Janet's Brown. Right, it's a mini rollout, I call it. Yeah. Well, I, call you, I, I, I get a text from you about every day, and you're on your well, way to another bar where they're releasing your beer. Yeah, yeah. I was able to schedule the delivery of the beer and everything, so I kind of got them all kind of put together. When's the last time you paid for a beer, Tasty? Uh, yeah, it's, I'm getting a lot of free beer this week, for sure. <laughs> it's been a month or so since you've yeah, had to yeah. buy a beer. Yeah, really? I'm sure of it. All right, so we can try that tonight. Ask for Janet's Brown on tap if you want to try the Russian River uh, Janet's Brown. I've got it in front of me, and it's a it's a great batch this time around. Tasty. Yeah, it's very it's very good. I couldn't be more pleased uh, as to how good it is just right now at this very moment. It's yeah, really good. doesn't need to age out. It's, no, it's, it's ready to go. Yeah, the other uh, last year's batch needed a little more time. Yeah, and uh, by the time it got that time, it was gone. So okay. 
And I've already had the pale ale tonight, too. I've had a couple pints. I would say that that one doesn't need any time, either. No, it's it's, ready uh, to go it's fresh mm-hmm. and nice. It's real, like, brewery fresh, very drinkable. Yeah. So we'll find out what Colin thinks about it and what he's going to change next as the show goes on. Uh, first, we have a couple of announcements and different things to do, like we normally do on the program. Uh, once again, those of you at home, the video feed will probably not work tonight, but you can always go to the old-fashioned audio stream, the same thing we've been doing for years, and check it out there. We want to thank our official sponsor, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com and check it out. They've been our sponsor since before day one. Um, And Colin used to work for them. Uh, It's a big, happy family once you get more beer involved. And they're now the official sponsor of the Sunday session, have been for a few months. Awesome. So every episode we do is brought to you directly uh, from them. So give them a thank you. Go over to morebeer.com and and buy something. Buy something big. Yes. Like many a, times over, please. Buy lots of big things. And they're also just great guys over there. The, the four owners uh, are just really good people, good guys. Uh, they, they are. They deserve success. Fun to hang out with, too, I, I will add. The two best people uh, have already come and gone from there. Is that <laughs> right? Or what, everybody? Yeah. Did That's you leave, JP? There yeah. are two former oh, Morbier yeah. employees sitting right here. That's true. The artists formerly known as Morbier employees. <laughs> yeah. I, I was their number six employee. I was the, really? the sixth person hired there, yeah. I'm pretty sure JP was number two. I was one. You were one. Yeah. Well, not counting Olin, then. Well, no. Yeah. But I don't know if you count yourself. Well, yeah. Regan, I guess, was number one okay. part-time. I was first full-time, I guess. Right. Yeah. The, the difference here being that Colin had another gig lined up when he left. <laughs> I, I actually worked both jobs for two years. I, I technically have a, 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 a. Well, it depends. Is anyone here from the unemployment office? <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, all right. Well, then I don't have another job. Right. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Nothing lined up. No. All right. Okay. A couple of other announcements. Uh, there will be no show next week, of course, because it's Thanksgiving, and uh, believe it or not, I, I have things to do. So there will be no Thanksgiving. I did read while I was uh, using the uh, state-of-the-art restroom that you can come have Thanksgiving dinner at Downtown Joe's though, oh, every yeah. year. Which uh, it should be that should be like singles night. You should make it like a singles night. Come and have Thanksgiving because either true. your family hates you or they're all dead. <laughs> or and you just you don't have want no to one to go with. Yeah. At, at Downtown. By the way, JP fits under both of those categories. I totally do. At Downtown Joe's, me. we get to wear a lot of hats, and and one of the hats that we get to wear is a uh, singles club. Really? And uh, so Thanksgiving, about 11 o'clock at night, boy, good time to meet girls. See? Is what that right? Say? I might ditch the family at about 10.30 on uh, Thursday you, night. And you know they got a lot of money. And that's what happened. They come home. You know, they're off at college. They come home, right. spend dinner with the family. They want to go see their friends. Sure. Yeah. You know, and boyfriend's back at college. Beautiful. <laughs> How about the night before, too? I, like I know it. in uh, uh, there's a few bars around the, the East Bay. Yeah, that'll, that's the that's the night to go over the years. The night before to go pick up college, bro, is because everyone is home and yeah, they you know whatever. for us it'll be from Tuesday to Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah, all week long. Yeah. <laughs> and we know what Colin's doing Tuesday through Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happily married. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, merchandise in the store. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. If you like any of these T-shirts we're wearing, they're available there. Also, signed yeast books from Jamil. Did you read that yet, Colin? You know, I've skimmed it now, but I haven't read it yet. But I, I have gone through and skimmed it. You've t- I, I you've skimmed it also. 
I skimmed the acknowledgments to make sure my name was in them, and then I put the book down. Spelled properly. I, I actually really like some of the some of the ways they tried to do uh, disseminate information. I think they did a really good job. I think so too. You can buy signed for both offers in uh, authors in the store right now. Also t-shirts really? and all sorts of stuff. Uh, you can subscribe and join the BN Army. You get auto entry into the more beer donation giveaway, and you give us cash, and we like both of those things. Sign up for all these announcements on Twitter, twittercom network and face. No, also, let's not forget uh, uh, lunch meat T-shirts are in the store. Signed copies of Brewing Classic Styles oh, are that's in right. the store. That's right. Uh, lunch meat T-shirts are in the store. <laughs> I have an old school lunch meat T-shirt to give away tonight. I saw that. I was hoping you brought it. I thought, Can I get an autographed lunch meat T-shirt? <laughs> yes. You're gonna have the one right here. <laughs> JP actually just signs signs it all over it. Signs his name a hundred times. You ask him for one autograph, boy, do you get an autograph? I actually, just draw my likeness on the back. <laughs> All right, so we'll be giving away some T-shirts and things tonight. Uh, show ideas go, as always, to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Scott, is your family here tonight? Uh, will they be offended if we call you Scott the Jew tonight? Yeah, I'm allowed to do that still. I always have to – yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> All right, Scott the Jew, our producer. Go to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send your ideas that way. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. All right. Let's go right to our uh, feedback segment, actually. And feedback is brought to you today by HopTech Homebrew in Dublin, California. If you are a homebrewer and you need some supplies, go to HopTech Homebrew in Dublin or go to HopTech.com and check it out. They've been doing this for 28 years down there, I found out. Wow. The HopTech people. Very nice of them. You get a BN Army discount also. All right. Feedback. Here we go. Uh, I brought, now, I wrote this feedback down because Drunk of the Week is, is a contest that we do here on the Brewing Network, for those of you who don't know. Every week, uh, the drunkest person listening calls in, and they compete for it, and they try to prove to us how drunk they are. And occasionally, uh, occasionally it becomes a, a pretty aggressive contest, and, and people oh, yeah. get upset if they don't win, and I get emails about it that well, usually come through at about 2 a.m. Yeah, or they call back yes. and keep calling, this is what I should have won. So this one came through uh, from a Pythoner in the chat room, and he says, Last week I kept calling and had more than any contestant, uh, and you would not take my call. You should have because I have a hop grenade tattoo and I am drunk. Wow, I'm sorry. You didn't get to be the drunkest retard of the week. <laughs> so that's partially my point, Bebo. That, that, you know, I can't believe how coveted this prize is. Kind of makes me happy inside that it is very coveted. But it is very coveted. We never not take your calls. We open up the phone lines. Yep. And then what happens is you guys are so drunk that you're not listening, and you make us sit there waiting for, for phone calls for 15 minutes. You give drunks a bad name. Yeah. So call in when we say we're accepting calls. you got to call in, like, then. Yeah, try to be more functional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. It's functional drunk of the week is yeah, what we're going to have to give out. Right. <laughs> First requirement. I'd win every week if it was functional. Yeah, you would, yeah. you know? And I sometimes you're, you're drinking you most of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Actually, Collins it would be tough in the functional drunk of the week category, too. All right, so just uh, you know, compete uh, accordingly and, and make your phone calls often and early. Tonight, we, we might just have our Drunk of the Week for, for somebody here in the room. I, you know, I've never gotten yeah. the Drunk of the Week officially, and yet... Are I'm, you sure? I, I, I thought I, think, I gave it to you once. No, I, I never got the medal. I'm not oh. on the website, so officially, I don't think I ever got it. But I do believe I am the only guest to throw up on the air. 
When did and you and throw then shouldn't, the shouldn't that disqualify me right there? No, 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 no. That actually that puts you uh, in the running. We we uh, give extra points for throwing up on the air. Was I? Did I miss that? I do not remember that. You've missed several Downtown Joe's shows. That's JP, true. I have. And I do think he didn't do it right here. No. He ran away. We yeah. did a chug, and Colin went oh. running, and I saw it on his face. I knew the run. I've done the run before, so I could recognize it. It, it was funny. It turned instantly to foam as soon as I checked it. And it just, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even drunk. It was just like, okay, that's all foam. This is not going to work. The funny part was that he actually ran into the manager's office, not the bathroom. No. He didn't know until after. Actually, there was a line to the bathroom, so I ran into the fermentation cellar and used the trough drain. Oh, oh, <laughs> all right. Try Colin's beer, everybody. <laughs> okay, some more feedback. Greg, uh, Greg wrote in to us, uh, hey, I just wanted to write in and say thanks to the BN for everything you do. Uh, the information I picked up on your shows uh, helped lead to my first competition win. My double IPA won its category and Ooh. went on to get second place in best of All show. Right. Yeah. Good job. In the New England Regional Homebrew Competition, it scored a 39 and a half. Wow. That's pretty good, dude. It's a good score. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. I scored a nine and a half once. <laughs> That's about the... The lowest score I've ever given is a 13. That, that you've ever given out. Yeah. That's pretty low, actually. Yeah, it was. I, was I, I, I was trying to be charitable. There was very little of value in that beer. Yeah, it, it was pretty hard to actually take a second sip. Right. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, so let's see. He put down the Brewing Network as his club, so the BN Army got some points in the competition, and he lives way up there in Maine where there's not a lot of clubs, so he's happy that we're here. His other two beers he entered was a Belgian Blonde and an American Pale Ale. He got a 29 and a 27, respectively. So they didn't do quite as well, but I appreciated the feedback on it. So Great. You know, I have some uh, Brewing Network Facebook friends from Maine, and they're really avid uh, Belgian beer brewers and drinkers. Now, they have lots of good advice about it, so tell them to go on Facebook and uh, and start finding some of those people, because okay. uh, they've come visit me here, All right. and uh, they brought me good beers. And, and they're BN people. And they're BN people. Okay. Yeah. All right. Check it out. All right. Here's a question for you, Colin, that came through for our feedback. Mills writes in and says, Hey, Jay, some local pro brewers have mentioned that a lot of small brew pubs repitch their yeast blindly uh, using guesswork about volumes, pumping just from one conical to another. Yeah, it's called cone-to-cone transfer. Okay. He says, I've learned from you guys the importance of yeast counts and health. Uh, being that I'm going to be making the shift from home brewer to pro brewer, I would love some assistance with this. I take great pains at home to pitch yeast at appropriate volumes, and I know that it will be paramount to me excelling on the pro side. So the question for Colin and the rest of the brewcasters, yes. how do small microbreweries properly measure and pitch yeast in a closed, sanitary way? Magic. Next question. Well, okay, so first off, I don't, I don't, mine isn't a closed pitch. Okay. So I actually collect it into a bucket, then I evaluate it with the same ways that you would as a home brewer. How do you collect it? Just from um, a blow off? Yeah, I uh, uh, have a bunch of fittings that brings up my bottom fitting to about uh, two feet off the ground, and I just drop it into a bucket. Okay. And uh, depending on how it's flowing, I know how uh, thick it is. If it's really thick, then I might pitch, say, two gallons. Okay. If it's really thin, I might pitch four gallons. Okay. Um, but I, I don't do any tests for vitality, viability, or cell count. You don't. I do it all by brewer's feel. Taste the last batch, collect it, see how it feels. And then when I'm happy, I'll pour it into the into the next fermentation. So I think that's kind of what he's saying, that most yeah. pro brewers just transfer it to another vessel, even, well, you know, but, well, but they're well, not doing a the lab. 
No, there's another way, which is even scarier for me, and it's called cone-to-cone pitching. And all you do is sanitize a hose and cook it from the bottom of one fermenter to the bottom of another fermenter and push it over with a sight glass and push it over with CO2. And you don't have any idea what your volume is. You don't have any idea of where your vitality is. All you have is whatever that little window shows you. Okay. And that's scary. Um, But some of my favorite breweries do it. Okay. Now, the way you do it, with, without doing any cell count tests, without doing a lab, is, is this a method because it's how you have to do it, or, are you, or is it your preferred method? Because he wants advice on how he it, should do it. it. It was the method I inherited, okay. and, and now that I've done 850 batches here, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Okay. Um, if I had some lab kit to uh, sit around and uh, do cell counts for me, I'd do a cell count every time. Then you would do it. Yeah, okay. but it's an extra hour that I just don't have for every batch here. Okay. All right. That's your feedback for today. Uh, a couple of announcements uh, from Shat's announcements, uh, who's not sitting here to do it for us, but I do remember I need to get them out there. You know, you can sign up to win a trip to the Great American Beer Festival. Really? All, yeah, everything paid. You get a hotel, you get a pass to every uh, session and flight uh, just by going over to homebrewersassociation.org and becoming a member. It's free to sign up. You don't have to be uh, AHA. You sign up uh, at homebrewersassociation.org. That allows you to post on the forum and use the forum. And everybody's who signs up uh, right now is being entered to win a trip to the Great American Beer Festival. So you don't, you don't need to be a member to do that? Uh, I don't think you do. That's pretty awesome if that's true. I could be I wrong like about that. I should know these things, I yeah. suppose. I was told that you just have to sign up on the website for a chance to win a ticket to the Great American Beer Well, Festival. that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So you can do that. Also, uh, the American Homebrewers Association, along with the Brewing Network, is giving away a pass to, actually a couple of passes, to the National Homebrewers Conference in June, which is down in San Diego this year. For that, uh, you do have to be an American Homebrewers Association member. You also have to be a donating member of the BN Army. And uh, if you do that, uh, we will sign you up for a chance to win uh, passes to the National Homebrewers Conference. So That's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be fun this year. I booked yeah. our rooms, by the way. Oh, really? So we're good. That's something I usually forget to do. Did you get me one? I got you a room. Okay, good. Thank you. I did get you a room. I assumed you wouldn't have much to do around that, <laughs> that time, JP. What do you mean? That I can't... Uh... <laughs> Get a job <laughs> between now and next June. Yeah, it's going to be a long dry spell. You're saying. Yeah, you've <laughs> well, seen my resume. You probably know. I'm just, you yeah. know, I'm rooting for you, but I'm planning otherwise. Uh, is that all right? That's pretty. That's acceptable. Mm-hmm. That is very acceptable. Um, so I got us rooms, and there's rumors that we might have a suite to party in too. Oh, Ooh. I like sweets. Uh, That'll be good. Maybe I can stay in the closet of the suite. Yeah, that's, actually, that's what I planned. Uh, you, no, the, beds, the beds are all taken up everywhere else. You'll be in the closet. No, it's not the suite. It's the hell of sick. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. All right, don't forget that today's feedback was brought to you by Hop Tech Homebrew in Dublin, California. You can go to hoptech.com and check it out by all your homebrew needs. And those are nice people. The Hop Tech folk, nice folks. Very nice yeah. folks. Yeah. Right. Are you trying to get a job there next? <laughs> no. I'm nice done. and good looking. <laughs> I'm done with the make all of these kits. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about pale ale and recipe formulation yes. with Colin and Tasty. Hang in there. It's the session live from downtown Jones. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Fen. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The, the more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. In Hut, BN Army. Chip Walton here with Brewing TV. Wanted to thank your ranks, first of all, for all your support. We deeply appreciate it. The latest episode highlights the making of a very unique beer. Watches our guest host brew sati. Unhop, unboiled, and totally badass. Check it out right now at brewingtv.com. Look for our episode on Surly Brewing Company to drop December 3rd. All for brew, brew for all. As you were. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back to the program. It's the session live from downtown Joe's. And uh, come on out and join us. There's lots of good stuff happening out here. Um, I just met Moscow's parents, actually. Oh, really? They had come out to support. And um, and they admitted that they were his, his parents? They admitted. Uh, they called themselves the super Jews that produced <laughs> Scott the Jew. Oh. So, uh, but well, then his, his mother proceeded to inform me about how big Scott is. Like I don't know what she meant. She just said he's he's. Like, the, 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 I said he's like Mini Scott, and she said no, no, no. He's he's Big Scott. Uh, and they just gave you a look. Uh, well, <laughs> it, you know, it was odd. Yeah, but, yeah. Th- that's one thing Jews are not inhibited about is talking about the size of their offspring's Johnson. <laughs> I guess so because uh, she just looked me right in the eye and she said, "No, no, he's Big Scott." Yeah, <laughs> I would like to continue perpetuating the fact. Yes, of the you know the Jew, the big Scott, the large but downstairs. Not yes. from right. your mom, <laughs> but All from right. whoever. Yeah. 
All right, so lots to do here that don't have to uh, have anything to do with uh, genitals. Uh, we're going to be the media. <laughs> I mean, until uh, another five Sounds minutes. Sounds like a Rush Limbaugh we... hour now. <laughs> Jews and the media. <laughs> we find another way to stick genitals in. All right, uh, we're talking about pale ales today, we are. and uh, I do have a couple of pale ales in front of me, actually. One from a listener, Mike, uh, brought me his. What? And then, uh, of course, I have Mike, Tasty McDole, and Colin's pale ale in front of me. I don't have. As I mentioned in the beginning of the program, we are going to be talking about designing recipes here tonight and how a brewer goes through the process of doing that. And uh, the way we're going to describe that to you uh, here is that Colin has decided that he needs a new pale ale recipe. Now, why have you decided that? I want, let's get to the root of things, and, and why do you want a new pale ale recipe? What's wrong with yours? Well, and, and this is something that I think has uh, uh, been bugging me for a really long time. When I started working at Downtown Joe's nine years ago, I drank our pale ale more than any other beer. Um, so it was a style that I was very comfortable with. It was very familiar. It was very accessible. Um, and if I was just bored and, and walked up to the bar, I'd grab a pint of pale ale. I'd, I'd move on. I'd go do something. Um, but in the in the last six or eight years, I think as an industry, we've forgotten what pale ales are supposed to be. These pale ales keep creeping into something that's a baby IPA, or they get so light they're trying to be a big Budweiser. And both strategies, I think, are wrong. And you know, I don't want to mention any names, Sierra Nevada, but <laughs> being a big Budweiser isn't what a pale ale Sierra Nevada is supposed to be. <laughs> and and yeah, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Then, we had them too. They were but, that close. Yeah. But you know, when you when you talk to the guys at Sierra Nevada, they know exactly what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. Sure. So so the, I think that's appropriate for what they're doing in their brand. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. When you taste their beers, like I have a brown ale tonight that's pouring. From Sierra Nevada, that's absolutely phenomenal. The tumbler, yeah, yeah. They make some of the best Tum- beers in the industry. Agreed. And but it's the pale ale has become lighter and lighter and lighter. I've been drinking it. I've been drinking it longer than I've been twenty-one, which tells you sure how long that's been. Yeah, yeah. At least five years. Yeah, uh, yeah. At <laughs> <laughs> a two before that. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, the, the brewery was two years old when I started drinking Sierra Nevada pale ale. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, so you had the fresh stuff. Yeah, I had I had the original Sierra Nevada beers. All right, um, and I was like seventeen or eighteen years old at the time. So well, it, that was that's what I thought a pale ale was supposed to be. And then they started getting lighter, and as brewers, we started making IPAs small and trying to do whatever we could do. And when I was finally tasting my pale ale, it wasn't a British pale ale. Um, it wasn't caramel enough. It wasn't uh, uh, like a Sierra Nevada because it had way too much hop character, way too much body, but it wasn't an IPA either. And I, every time I go to a, a homebrew event, Mike McDowell's got the tasty APA there. And that's the first thing I do is find a pint glass, get a pint of tasty APA, and walk around and taste everybody's beers, knowing for sure that I've got a good beer I can drink. You know. So... Now, here's what I want to ask you about that. Because I was, and Tacey, this is nothing against you. I was with you about how the style has changed right up until you said that Tasty's is the, is the right example of it. And I'll tell you why. Because I love a pale ale. And I think that Tasty's pushes the IPA mark, just like you kind of said in the beginning. His, it's a lot of hops. It's, it's kind of bitter. It's right at the cusp there, isn't it? Well, what I like about it is the hops overwhelm the bitterness, so it's, it's not too bitter. Okay. The, there's enough body that it feels like you're drinking a British beer. It's not light and thin. I'll um, give you that, yeah. Um, now, if, if what I wanted to do was make a tasty APA... 
Uh, Mike's recipes everywhere. If sure. You just, you know, get a bottle and he's got it glued to the to the bottle <laughs> every I mean, time. Yeah. So it would have been very easy for me to just clone that beer, but I didn't want to clone <laughs> that beer because while that beer's great for me, that beer wouldn't be a big seller here. Okay. Um, because there's too floral. There's too much going on. It's not. We, what I wanted to do was make a beer that had all those characters that the Tasty APA has, but make them subtle. Leave them in the background. Let people work to discover them instead of having it be so in your face like the APA. Okay. And I knew the per- because I, I like the balance of that beer so much, the perfect person to help me was Mike. Well, that I agree with. He, he's a great recipe developer, and he is, and he knows his hops inside and out. So it's, I think it's a good place to start. I. I have to say, and I think you guys know this on the show, uh, I think maybe aside from sour beer, pale ale is my favorite style of beer. And, and this is why I was excited about this show, because I agree with you that I think it's been lost in, in, a, in, 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 a, lot of, in a lot of American craft brewing. I don't mean that nobody's producing a good pale ale. I just tend to think that, yeah, they're either thin um, and harsh, or they're overly hoppy, and it might as well be an IPA. But I love a good, balanced, hoppy tasting, but not bitter, pale ale. So I'm glad that you're taking it on, just so I get to talk about this style. Well, and, and, I, and I, I agree with you completely, and I kept modifying my recipe. And the more I modified my recipe, the more muddled it started to get. Okay. And, and you know, well, maybe if I had a touch of this. No, maybe not. Maybe if I do this. And I have 100 iterations of recipes on my old pale ale. And when I tasted it, it... I never felt like I'd gotten anywhere. Okay. Yeah, was it drinkable? Yeah. Was it a big selling beer here? Yeah. But it, it wasn't a beer that I, at the end of the day, said, man, I am so proud I've got that beer on tap. It okay. was a beer that I was, I thought, I was proud of my work on it. But what, I, what it really needed was a ground-up rewrite. All right. And, and with the ideas of, uh, that I've been talking about in, in mind. So I called Mike up and I asked him about that. And I don't know if he wasn't sure if I was serious or not <laughs> in the beginning. But he kind of like, well, yeah, we might be able to do something like that. And I'm like, no, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So now I've done here. He this. was probably just still sitting in his boxer shorts. He wasn't ready to be serious about anything. Yeah, that's good. Well, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, what else are you going to do? <laughs> It, it's what I'm doing now. Yeah. In, in yeah. preparation for this, I've done five ground-up pale ale recipes this fall. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, one of which was all dry hops, or all, all wet hops, rather. Uh, one of which was a, a fairly normal uh, pale ale recipe, dry hopped with wet hops. Okay. Um, some were some uh, uh, just random ideas. Oh, well, what if we try this? You no, know, but from not, Colin? But not spend a lot of time on them. Um, okay. And I came up with some neat years. Um, but none of them nailed what I wanted to hit. And we had all those available to us when we designed this recipe. That oh, that's we, what I, would, I wanted we went, to know. When we went to, you know, took a, a pan and started talking about it, we had all those pale ales. Plus the Tasty APA uh, had that here as well. Okay. And so we, were at, we had like a little, you know, sort of a, a, a balance of things to look at. and knew the recipe for each one, of course. So that's what, uh, you know, that was our starting point. So that's, let's... Let's start there. Let's use that as our starting really point did. as well, because you, you know you mentioned that you you had uh, several iterations of your own pale ale recipe, and it ended up just end, it muddled every time you did it. So you wanted to start fresh and, and strip it down. And I think a lot of brewers have that problem when they try to uh, modify their existing recipe. Let's take JP's oatmeal stout for example. Let's do that. If he just uh, you know it, it, over time, if you just keep tweaking this the exact same thing. 
Eventually, I think you need to strip it down and start new. Well, if, yeah. you, want, if you want to make little changes, make little changes. If you want to make big changes, you have to make big changes. Yeah. And I'd really gotten to the point. And you guys can taste that. The, uh, uh, the pale ale that's pouring right now as our pale ale, um, whose name I won't mention on the air. Um, we're going to call it Ace High Pale Ale because I'm not allowed to call it what uh, the sign is right now. Is that the one that's in my glass right now? Um, no, I don't know what you guys have. Oh. Uh, but Ace High is your existing pale ale. That's the existing pale ale recipe, and that is the end of about a hundred generations of working with that recipe. Okay. And it's fun to taste them side by side. And then also pouring tonight is the Harvest Ale, which is a hundred pounds of wet hops into 200 gallons of beer. Okay. I think the, the beer that's in my glass is actually the tasty pale ale, the fresh one you've done. So let's go back to your starting point. So you sit down with these five beers that uh, Colin had, plus your tasty APA, and you taste them all in front of you. What happens then, Tasty? Do you, do you pick from the, the qualities that you like from each beer? Well, yeah, a lot of it's you know, the objective of the beer. Like, what are we trying to do? I think we, when we yeah. talked, we said, well, it would nice to have a pale ale that... Uh, you know, would really accentuate the malts, maybe less than the hops. So, like a really good malt backbone, we thought would be important to the beer. And we thought, you know, a good part of that would be to possibly have a, a beer that didn't have any crystal malt, to keep, not that, so that wouldn't come into into the into play in the finish of the beer. Because crystal malt would not help you with the body. Well, it's just it's going to add a certain sweetness, residual sweetness to the beer that we were going to, you know, try to not have, and therefore have a lower IBU beer. In, in, my, in my experience, it adds a, a cloyingness to light, dry beers okay. that I don't like. So I tend to not use caramel malts okay. unless I'm trying to make things taste really British. All right. Um, and then I'll use a lot of caramel malt. If I, if I want it to really feel like a British malt house, uh, uh, I, I will use a lot of caramels. So what do you think of instead, then, if you know you don't want to use some of these sweet crystal malts? Well, I wanted a lot of mouthfeel, so m- my call on it was flake barley. And that's, that's how we got that. The, I think the sweetness comes out in the uh, uh, honey malt that we use. That, yeah. that seems to blend with the, the natural uh, crystal that comes from the two-row itself. Okay. Or the marisata we're using here. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about the malt bill of this beer in particular. What, what percentage of it is just, uh, I assume, base two-row? Uh, okay. Um, so uh, 64% of it was marisata. Okay. Um, uh, and that's crisp marisotter, which is the one I prefer to use. Um, 26% was uh, Fireman's Pilsner. Um, a German Pils for uh, American Pale? A German Pils. For, I, I love putting German uh, uh, malts into American beers. Um, there's some really interesting flavors that Germany, because they make so many light-colored beers, yeah. they have really good light-colored malts. So I use them a lot. Um, so is that a way for you to add gravity and mouthfeel but not add a lot of color? Is that why the Pilsner? No, my, I, I think it makes the beer a little bit lighter. If I would have done it with all Maris Otter, yeah. I think the beer would have tasted a little bit too nutty. A little heavier. It, yeah, yeah, and the Pilsner malt is, is it's crisper, it's more refreshing. Okay. Um, and that, having that blend, uh, which is something that comes from the Tasty APA recipe. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's a big uh, Pilsner contribution, this sort of a Tasty APA signature kind of thing. That's what that, that bears a lot about that, the fact that it's... Got that big uh, percentage of uh, Pilsner malt. Okay. Which is interesting because I use Pilsner malt in my porter as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for the same reason, to try to lighten the body. That's very interesting yeah. to use Pilsner yeah. porter. I would never have thought of that. But I don't think of a lot of things. In, in about that same ratio, too. Um, and then we put in 5% Caravienne. Um, 
Everybody pretty much uses uh, carrot pills for body. Yeah. Um, I when I burp and I've had carrot pills, it tastes like carrot pills. Okay. So I don't have any carrot pills in the house. So uh, how about carrot foam? I yeah. use carrot foam instead of carrot pills. A little sweeter. Uh, I mean, a little bit sweeter as well. Um, what, are, what are the other yeah. differences? Why caravian? Is it just that it's a little sweeter? Of all of them that I, it's a little darker. Okay. And of all yeah. of them that I chew, it's the one I like to chew on the best. Okay, that's right. If you go back to our old Colin episodes, he likes to really taste the malt he's going to use. Just yeah. chew on it. Yeah. If you don't want to chew on the malt, I mean, some malts you'll use that you don't like to chew on because they'll break your teeth. But, uh, but, if, if, but, yeah, like but if it won't break your teeth and, and you like the taste, you'll probably like it in your beer. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what percent was it, Caribbean again? 5%. 5%. Okay. And then 5% honey malt. And, Mike, do you know how they make honey malt? Them? How they make it? Yeah. Do you know much about the malt thing no, on that? No, I don't know much about I that. Know I know either. it's just a great accent malt for beers. Uh, yeah. If you're trying to make a beer that tastes like honey... Don't add honey to the beer. Add honey malt instead. But it's not an adjunct, right? It's a it's a no, no, it's, it's it's malted barley. Yeah. It okay. Yeah. But just done in such a way that it has a sweet honey character. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, it, it. It's not nutty. It's more. It's. I don't know. It, it's like if you had a, a Munich malt that was the same color. The Munich malt would be nutty and biscuity, but the honey malt isn't. Um, so it's very interesting. It's nice, sweet, round flavors without the nutty, biscuity quality. Mm-hmm. So in the and, and I know there's more to the grain bill, but in the recipe building process, as a brewer, you're sitting there, you're going down this list. How do you do? You just throw out honey malt? Have you used it in another beer? Where is the reference that honey malt comes into play? Because my, there's so many malts, right? How my, do you know which one to choose? Mike and I both used it before, and so when he yeah, brought one it of the Kenya brewed beers, I, I used it. Never okay. Liked it. Uh, when when he brought it up, it was just like, oh yeah, I know exactly how that would work. Got it. Yeah. So so just from I past experience, tasting, sure. Once you've used you it, you could and taste it in your beer. Yeah. Okay. It just becomes part of your palate. You, know, you can yeah. use it in other beers. It's pretty cool. I, I've been using my porter for a long time. Yeah, there you go. And it's great. I mean, it, it is a great malt. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would never have thought to put it in a pale ale because yeah. my you know my opinion they they should be a little drier. But uh, this, it, it blends real well. It's, uh, uh, yeah. This is a dry beer. That yeah, we Pilsner malt? We it, mashed really high to get yeah. a certain amount of sweetness. Yeah. And then we thought that the, the honey would like pair up with that Carry and give a honey the, flavor. Yeah. yeah, and it did. Yeah, this could be called a honey pale, I think. It has enough honey flavor okay. that you could call it that. How high is really high when you say you mashed high? 153. Uh, yeah, 153. 10,000. <laughs> a really big fatty. Well, high for here. Yeah, yeah high for here. Okay. I, I like to run in around 146, 148. Really? I see. So, so this is really, uh, really high for me. So, did you did you fight tasty on that, or did you? <laughs> um, no, but it, uh, it, it, I, I set the kettle to uh, mash in about one forty six, one forty eight, and he got there and he's like, "Is that going to be hot enough?" It's like, "Well, what are we going to mash in on?" <laughs> and he's, and he's like, "Well, I really want it up there." Yeah. Okay, and then I raised it about two degrees, and then we talked for a little while longer, and then we <laughs> raised it up two more degrees, and uh, yeah. So, well, you know, by the way, this beer is really fabulous. I, I must say, yeah. I mean, whatever we did. I'm like, you know, you're happy probably, with it. I like what we did. We, you know, if we could make it better, that'd be great. But uh, I we, really we, like how the beer turned out. The body is great. Well, and and Tasty's a hard ass. He might say it with a smile on his face, but he knows what he yeah, wants. Yeah, so <laughs> when he, ca- I can picture him coming in and saying, you know, now Colin, that's not what we talked about. I want it oh. at 153. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's really where I want it. Well, you, that all comes from the. Uh, we had I, four hours to talk about everything before <laughs> yeah, we, we started for the grain delivery. Uh, right, my or grain delivery was, was a delivery. day late. Day lay in the bad, a bad unloading job the guy did. I yeah, he dropped that. it onto the hood of a Volvo. Yeah. 
I heard. So right here in your parking lot next no, to the brewery, right, right in the loading zone, right there. So the first parking spot on, on, the, on Main Street there. So your your grain guy comes in with a truck full of sacks of grain, and oh, he a drops pallet. a pallet. Yeah, so it's forty four sacks on a pallet. And he dropped the whole pallet on somebody's car. Well, what happened was the lift gate wasn't all the way to the top. Okay. And so the pallet got stuck halfway going onto the lift gate, which is the scariest part of doing a delivery here. Yeah. And so he runs over and he flips the switch to lift the gate up to the top, but he didn't lower the pallet before he did that. Oh. So as soon as he lifted it up, the pallet starts going for this car. And I tried to grab onto the the pallet handle. Right. um, But we got it set down and stopped just in time for about the top eight sacks to just roll off onto this guy's hood. Oh. And And was the guy around? 55 times eight. And that's the poundage (laughs) that hit this dude's hood. I'm glad it wasn't a Volkswagen. The the guy didn't show up for about four hours. Oh, Um, man. And, well, and I left a note on his car, said, hey, you know, I'm the brewer at Downtown Joe's. And it turns out he was a really good friend of Joe Peatman's wife, so the uh, owner's oh. wife. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So all, all will be fine. And, oh, yeah, everything was fine. I, I think the driver got into a bit of trouble. but Right. Well, that was kind of a dumb move. <laughs> yeah, it was... All right. So, okay, did we miss anything in the grain bill? Yes. Uh, I wanted a lot of mouthfeel, you know, because I didn't want it that watery, thin quality. Um and so we talked about a bunch of different ways that you might add mouthfeel. I mean, the easiest way might be to add just dextrin. Okay. Um, or we could have bumped up the Caribbean, or we could have um, uh, picked any malts with uh, unfermentables. Um, uh, Mike came up with uh, uh, wheat would, would have been an interesting idea. Okay. Um, flaked oats would have been an interesting idea. But it turned out I had a bunch of flaked barley around. So Mike And barley, I think, fits the pale ale style a little sure. better. Um, so, I, but my call was flaked barley, and he went with it. So, what is flaked barley? It, it, it's is two row just it's two row barley. What is flaked barley? You, before you malt it, what you do is you gelatinize it like you would rice flakes or wheat flakes, or you, you gelatinize it so you 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 steam it. Okay, like a, um, like a rice cooker thing. Like a, yeah, in, a, in something like a rice cooker, and then you you uh, squish it into something flat and dry it. Okay. Um, like, if you ever opened uh, flaked oats, like Quaker flaked oats, yeah. it's like that, but made from barley. Okay. And it's, they do it before it's malted. So, does it add uh, gravity? Does it add sugar to the beer? It adds, it adds dextrose, unfermentables. Unfermentables. It, it dextrins. Okay. So, that's the body part, because you're left with this unfermentable long-chain sugars in the beer after fermentation. That's right. Okay. So, what percentage of that was it? Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. So, tiny. Yeah. You know, it, it relative to the rest of the grain bill. Um, but I find two and a half makes a pretty big change. Okay. Uh, and then that's something Mike and I will talk about is where do we want to go with that? Do yeah. we want to go up or down? And, right. Because that, that's a really easy fit parameter for us to control. Okay. Now, another part of the, of the grain recipe building process is... Um, Head retention as well, right? Do you, do you consider that when you're building a recipe here? Only if I'm adding adjuncts. Okay. Otherwise, if, why? It's built in? Yeah. Uh, 30 days of uh, cold storage with uh, all malt beer makes great heads. It does. Okay. So you don't you, have to. I mean, I've yeah, heard the of. Baseball will give you everything you need. Yeah, in, unless you ruin your head somehow by doing something stupid. Okay. You know, like putting soap in your glass sure. or something. Yeah. Um, uh, you should have a nice head on an all malt beer. Okay. Are there any other considerations in the grain bill besides you're looking for this mouthfeel, yet you're looking for dry, right? We, we, wanted, we wanted to be able to support the hops, so we wanted to have enough flavors. And, that was, and that's actually where the art of it comes in and, and why 
I wanted to do it with Mike. Because you can have all these really nice malt flavors, but if they don't match your hop flavors, they don't support each other uh, and be synergistic, then you don't have a good beer. Okay. So what is our gravity here with this grain bill? What's, our, what's your uh, OG? Um, I think we ended up at about 10.58. Yeah. yeah. Or eight or nine. Yeah. That's, that's at the top of the style. Is, yeah, is that yeah. right? It might be a little big. Yeah, we could talk about changes, but I think that's one thing we might lower. Is The, uh, the reason why it crept up that big is because this is kind of done in... Um, for, for me, this was uh, three sacks of Maris, two sacks of Pilsner... Um, one of my big buckets of Caravienne, one of my big buckets of honey, and yeah. three scoops um, of, of my flake barley. Okay. So this is all an easy-to-measure things because sure. we don't know where we're going to start. Okay. So if, I, if we cut it down to a half a bag, that means I've got to open a bag and cut it in half and do all these things. Well, now, we've talked about that on Can You Brew It, but Jamil was kind of pointing out, you know, listen, these brewers measure in sacks. Yeah. They, they are not, they're not pulling out, you know, 45 grams of anything. No. It's a bag of this and a bag of that, and there you go. The, the smallest so. increment of measurement in our brewery is three and a third pounds, and that's the size of a scoop. That's your scoop. So okay. if, I want, if I want 10 pounds, then I just grab three scoops. Okay. Well, so let me ask you this. As I, there was a time when I thought I could invent beer recipes, and I, I had, you know, I tried it a little bit. So I'll come up with a recipe like this, and, and my, my beer smith uh, uh, brewing software will tell me uh, exactly what gravity I've come up with. Um, and then I brew it, and it's high, like, like you guys ended up here. It's, you know, I, I think I'm coming in at 1050, and before I know it, I'm, I'm at 1058. Is this part of a pro brewer's learning uh, recipe process, too? Or, or did you punch this in and know exactly where you were going to be? Uh, I think we were pretty spot on, weren't we, Mike? We were looking for, like, 1057 or something like that. We weren't that far off. Okay. Yeah. So... A new recipe doesn't exactly mean that your efficiency changes and you end up with unpredictable numbers. It just means there are new grains that you're putting together. Well, especially a recipe like this, you know, it, about, this is around 5.5% alcohol, and I make a lot of beers around there, so I kind of know how the equipment's going to behave at okay. those alcohol levels. Okay. If, if we were trying to do a 12% beer, then I'd probably have to do some efficiency recalibration. Okay. Um, because that's out of the experience of the brewery. But I was able to, I did this in ProMash, um, was able to uh, assume 78% efficiency, and we were, we were pretty close. Yeah, we were close. We were closer than I expected to be. Okay. All right. So I like the process so far. You sat down together, you tasted all these beers, and this is the recipe you come up with. Is any of this stolen directly from, say, Tasty APA or any of the other five beers? Or did you really start from scratch? Um, you're like, really just the Pilsner thing. But do you do that in your other beer as well? So I, I use the Caravienne yeah. in my IPA. Right. Um, so that kind of got pulled out of my IPA recipe. The Marison Pilsner idea to... Uh, uh, yeah. Make the malts less nutty right. uh, was something that yeah. we'd been doing. It was actually Jamil was the first person to suggest it to me right? and my porter. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, it, it was it was a ideas that have been floating around. I mean, you need to understand that these guys like Doc and uh, and Mike and Jamil were brewing great beer before I'd ever brewed a beer. Right. Okay. You know, so these ideas have been floating around for a long time. Um, one of my first. Maybe in the first three months I was at More Beer, I got invited into three private tastings with the owners. They said, okay, this is a homebrewer's beer, and you've really got to taste them. One was the first time I met Mike McDowell. 
When was the first time I met Jamil? And when was the first time I met Doc? All and they, employees of the Brewing Network. And, and they were the only three people that they ever said, you've got to come taste these beers. Right, okay. So, and this is, you know, what, 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah. You know, and I'd, I'd brewed, by the time I got hired at More Beer, I'd brewed three batches of beer. Wow, okay. So very new when you started there. Yeah. Well, and here's why I asked this question about what you took from other beers. And it's a comment that you made to me when we were planning this show. A lot of homebrewers now, because there's so many great recipes out there. Let's take Brewing Classic Styles, for example, or the recipes that come out of Can You Brew It from from Pro Brewers beers. Um, There's a lot of homebrewers that are a little timid about making their own recipes. They come in and talk to you, and they say, "Uh, I'm not the guy who's going to make my own. I'm just going to brew somebody else's. But you tend to encourage people to make their own recipe. Yeah, I I think once once you know how to run a clean fermentation, I think you need to be making your own recipes. But it's there's so another, much more fun. In this case, there's another component, and that's that you've had experience with these malts as well. And not just that you've run a clean fermentation, but you guys are able to draw upon other beers that you've brewed, whether they were your recipes or not, because you know the grain. My, my uh, first batch of beer when I walked in the door here was an IPA, and uh, uh, I, I made the recipe up off the top of my head from scratch in 15 minutes. And brewed it, and that was my first batch of beer I ever brewed here. Okay. So at some point, you just have to go, okay, um, I, I am the brewer. Let's go brew. Okay. And, and you have to do it. And, and is, are you going to learn a bunch fast? Yeah, absolutely. But you're going to learn things that you won't learn unless you start making your own recipes. Okay. What I've seen a lot of home brewers, the mistake they'll make is that they'll, they'll get a recipe, they'll make that beer, and then they'll uh, just forget about what the recipe was. They'll just take the beer, put it in front of their friends, their whatever, and they'll, they'll be getting feedback, but they won't be doing it in the context of what the recipe was. Well, so and they're that's really not really learning important. the ingredients. Yeah, developing a recipe is not a one-batch process. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, gotta, yeah, yeah don't, you never get it right the first time. You should intentionally almost uh, you know, know you're not going to get it. Yeah, okay. and in fact, we did, and that was what I, I wasn't even going to undertake this project with Mike until I got him to agree to do five batches. Right. Great. Well, and I'm going to even agree with, with this statement on this beer. This beer is very close to being right, but it's not right. Oh, yeah, on, right. The first, on the first one, it's not the beer that I know Colin's looking for. And uh, since I can just interject myself here anyway, it's not the beer <laughs> I'm looking for yet either. So we'll talk about that when we come back, and we're going to get to the hop profile. Talk about how you chose hops in order to match this grain bill. So this is the session live from downtown Joe's in downtown Napa. Grab yourself a beer. Be good to your bartenders and the staff here, and we'll be right back with more on the brand new Pale Ale from Downtown Joe's. There's a he- You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. BN Army, you think you're badass? Well, you are. Kind of. Like badass, but without the balls to blow something up. Hop Tech in patriotic Dublin, California recognizes your nearly badassness with a BN Army discount on every order. But there's something those boys and girls in the real Army should know. If you have an APO address or a scan of an active PX card, Hop Tech salutes you as an actual badass and offers their thanks with a 15% discount on every purchase. That's the Hop Tech way of saying thanks to all 
all active military personnel. 15% off ingredients, kits, equipment, as well as games, books, gifts, and more. All at HopTech.com. Whichever army you're a member of, any branch of the military, or the BN Army, HopTech in Dublin says thank you with great discounts. Call 800-DRY-HOPS. Visit the store in Dublin, California, or go to HopTech.com. HopTech, serving homebrewers for 28 years. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Since 1921, Muntins has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients and infant home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. Mundens <laughs> is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. Muntins, for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntins. And now back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network.
All right. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking around with us. We're live out here at Downtown Joe's talking to Colin Kaminsky and, uh, of course, Mr. Tasty McDole. He's a mister now because he has beer on tap all over the Bay Area. I'm a real player now. So you have to call him Mr. Tasty. I I got credibility. When you see him. Or Mr. T for short. Or Mr. T. (laughs) (laughs) I've already got uh, some trademark infringements, I think. Here, let me help you with your... uh, Oh, am I even, yeah. even oh. given the trademark infringement, oh, hear a little bit I think yeah, your no. name yeah. has yeah. officially just morphed to Mr. T on occasion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to have trouble avoiding that. All right, just before the break, we were talking about the grain bill. How do you and, have three beers? Uh, I'm just lucky that way. But I did. I gave you that beer right there, too. I love you I so took much. care of you. And that one is the Tasty Colin uh, PA that you have. Great. We'll I've been call it the that TCPA well. for Number now. Number four. TCPA? And, uh, the TCPA is right in front of you there. So before the break, we were talking about uh, designing the grain bill. And uh, well, as, uh, Actually, before we start, um, have, we, have we gotten some names out of the chat room yet? I, I want to put a plug in for, we need to name this beer so we have a name. Uh, so if we get any good ideas, I'd, I'd love some ideas out of the chat room. Alright, so chat room, there you go. Name the TCPA, because it's on tap, and it's going to be on tap for a little while. It's, uh, yep. you know, a couple weeks at least. Well, no, whatever we name out. we pick, we'll, we'll just name it Oh, even the final PA. The, yeah. So this is a permanent name. Yeah, we're, we're looking for a permanent name. I call I would, it, see, gonna, we, we've been calling our beer the Oberon Pale Ale because this building has been the Oberon building for 120 years. Okay. Uh, however, Bell's Brewery uh, doesn't want me to call it Oberon Pale Ale. I see. Uh, for good reason. Uh, even though my brew log shows we've been making beers with the name Oberon two months longer than he has. Two months. <laughs> but right. but the, 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 name, the brand is really important to them, and it's not important to us at all. So you don't care. Yeah. So, so we don't care. And, and the owner's just a great guy, a business guy, likes to drink. Yeah. Uh, a good guy, just a good guy. And he and I had about an hour-long chat on the phone. He's like, you know... It probably isn't that big of a deal, but if you could stop, that'd be great. Right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's like, I like okay. that. Rather than uh, I mean, you're a not lawsuit sue him? or... Yeah. I think you should sue him. If he wants a lawsuit. I want it now. <laughs> no, he, he was really good, a really good guy. And uh, so we're, we want to rename it to get out of the Oberon uh, genre. Okay. Well, I would like to suggest uh, JP's Pale Ale for this one. I think it'd be a really good name. Now, I'm already going to name my son JP, and I, I don't want to name my uh, Pale Ale. Oh, yeah. Well, then uh, Jason's Pale Ale would be great. <laughs> I hey, think it works for me. Jipper Pale. Done. I think, well, done. what I want to say is that asking my listeners to name the Pale Ale, it's safer asking JP to name the Pale Ale. <laughs> That's how crazy these listeners could be. Yeah. Well, well, when we were naming the double uh, IPA, our, our the number one favorite, everybody's hands down favorite was double penetration. But uh, Joe wouldn't let us uh, name the beer Joe, oh, double penetration. On, Joe. So you know, we, we do have some restrictions. It's Bevo's favorite, also. <laughs> believe it or not. But for her, it's not a drink; it's a lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so DVDA, baby. Woo! So, chat room, go ahead and send us along names. Uh, you might be the person that gets to name Downtown Joe's next pale ale, uh, brewed by Tasty and Colin. All right, so we talked about the grain bill, and one thing that you guys both mentioned is that, in, in, in part, you're designing the grain bill to go along with the hop bill. Uh, yes. So let's talk about the hops and, and try to talk to them in, about them in relationship to the malt, if you will. 
Well, well uh, let me start for just one oh, preface real quick. So I, I keep 11 hops in inventory at all times. Okay. So that was my only restriction on what hops we used is that I wanted it to be one of the ele- some of the eleven. Do you want to tell us the eleven? Uh, Do you know them? Can all? I remember? Chinook, <laughs> Willamette, Cascade, uh, uh, Columbus, um, Simcoe, Amarillo, um, East Kent Goldings, um, Horizon, Saws. Wow. You couldn't find one shitty hop to stick in there? Those are all great <laughs> hops. Yeah. Like gold if I had to have 11, <laughs> nice work. Okay. So when he read the list to me, I'm going like, oh, yeah, we can work with this. Yeah, easy, yeah. right? Once I heard Chinook, Centennial and Cascade. Yeah. yeah. We so that's going. what we chose. But you right? probably pretended that it was going to be very difficult on you to, to limit yourself. <laughs> uh, to Meanwhile, I'm thinking, I'm oh, not God. smart enough to make myself bigger <laughs> than I am. Right. I'm much more like, you know. Yeah. Well, you, do, you, can, you do kind of expect Colin to have a few like weird esoteric. You do. You know, like some, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, weird, those weird New Zealand Pacific yeah. gym nonsense that were really popular for Something. half a second. Yeah. You know, I, I try them, and every once in a while I'll find one that I, I, I like but can't figure out how to use. Um, I've heard they're all like kind of like that. The, what was the uh, uh-huh. the Japanese hop? The, Sriracha. Uh, Sriracha. I did I, that too. I, I loved it in my wheat beer. I used it in my wheat beer for a long time, and I really liked it because it was really subtle and yeah. it tasted like key limes. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I liked it, but I was only using you know I was basically waving it over the kettle. <laughs> there was so little in there. Ceremonial um, edition. Yeah. Right. What What other ones have, have I done? Um, George Fix talked me into one that I absolutely love, but I don't think it exists anymore. More. Um, well, neither does George. God bless his soul. Oh. Yeah, uh, George is a sweetie. He was. He, he, he was. I, hopefully, Lori's uh, doing well. Not after that joke. She's yeah. Uh, but I'm pumped. <laughs> so, anyhow, we did come up with three hops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, All right. I'm so a big fan of uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale, so uh, certainly I thought the Chinook Centennial Cascade uh, Regiment was really going to apply uh, okay. well to a pale ale. So, yeah. So we got here. So that's what you took, and and you've had experience with all those hops. Of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your bittering hop? Well, we use Chinook for that. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly neutral bittering. I mean, you know, some people say it doesn't come through in the finish, but but I think it does. It has a citrus sort of pineapple flavor that does make it through to the to the finished beer. But, yeah. but here it's just the initial charge, so it's relatively small. It's our smallest probably IBU edition of the whole. Uh, our term not IBU edition, but the smallest weight edition of the whole batch. Because uh, you're it's not, even less than the 30-minute yeah, IBU yeah, so edition yeah, as so well. We're, yeah. we're, we're trying to back load the, load the beer with hops. Okay. H- how many total IBUs in this beer? Do you know? About 25, I think. Right, Colin? Yeah, hmm. that's what we're shooting for. Right. Yeah. right. Hmm. So that Which seems, is not very much with a 10, 59 That's beer. what I was going to say. For the gravity, that seems very low to me. Very low, yeah. But see, the whole intent was to keep the malt out of the way of the hops. Let it like be a balanced beer. Okay. So we, we did that. We that's what the, To me, this Pilsner combination is what allows that to happen. It keeps the... Uh, the uh, cloyingness that you might get from the uh, the baseball yeah. keeps it out of the picture because it finishes so dry. Okay. Yeah. Well, plus, and I think obviously we're going to get to the later hop additions, but the the hop character of the beer adds a, a perception of bitterness uh, that goes higher than 25 IBUs. So it's not harsh. It's right. not a mean bitterness, so no, that, yeah, which, which is what turns me off. Friendly bitterness. It's not a lingering yeah. bitterness. Yeah. So, it, in other words, it, it helps balance the yeah. sweet malt yeah, good, good just because you've got a lot of green hop flavor to it. Um, not fresh hop green, but just danky. You know right. what I mean? So right. it kind of gets 
so I like. I'm a big fan of of utilizing, and you can't get this in your brewing software, but utilizing perception of bitterness rather than just bitterness. Because if you go up to 35, 40 IBUs, then you add the perception of bitterness on top of that. I feel like it's a 60 IBU beer before you know it. Well, and this is something that I think it's really important for people to understand: is if you chew on a hot pellet, it tastes bitter. Yeah, it has no IBUs at that point because it's never been boiled. Mm. Excellent point. So there's this perception of right. bitterness. So, so yeah. there is bitterness that's not related to isomerized alpha acids. Okay. Now, however, they're very fragile. So if you're aging a beer, those bitterness go away faster than the isomerized alpha acids. Okay. All right. Yeah. So these are more like dissolved oils than they are isomerized. Uh, yeah, right. It's dissolved alpha acids yeah. is what it is. It's just not isomerized. Okay. If you look at a bottle of Planet of the Elder, Vinny will yell at you if you, you know, he basically wants you to drink the beer before you have it. That's how fast you <laughs> have to drink that shit. Yeah. This beer would yeah. have that same warning. Yeah. 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 Hurry up. Yeah, he needs like an audio file on every bottle. Drink it right now. Do it right, right now. This what moment. are you doing? Read it. Yeah. I brought, uh, I brought Pliny to the guys who brew Fuller's when I, when I was out there a couple of weeks ago. Well, I thought, you know, Did you one, blow them back a few? Uh, one thing to bring up, I, you know, they were they were treating me to a nice tour. I thought, hey, I'm going to give them Pliny. Uh, they've had nice balanced beer, haven't they? I'm going to give them a Pliny. Yeah. They didn't try it in front of me. I think they were going to have some of it yeah. and pour the rest through their um, analysis machine <laughs> to actually see what the real IBUs are in that beer. They talked about that. They have a lab where you literally just pour the beer in, yeah. and a, I don't know if it's yeah, a milk ticket comes out <laughs> afterward and tells you what it is. I don't know. I picture some, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm from the 70s, apparently. Right. Some little ticker tape comes out and tells yeah, you so what the... Reel to reel, and then smoke starts coming out of the side. Yeah, it makes a lot of beeping. Yeah. I don't know. It's it reminds me of a Spongebob episode. So I need the Krabby Patty recipe. I definitely watch too much television, I think. Uh, anyhow. Okay, so Chinook's your bittering hop. What's ne- So that's your 60-minute edition. Uh, yeah. How long's your boil? Uh, we did 75-minute boil, um, and we got a, 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 a little bit... I didn't measure it exactly, but typically it would have been about 8.5% evaporation in 75 minutes. Okay. But the, but the Chinook went in at 60. Chinook, right. Chinook went in at 60. Then right. at 30, we did Centennial. Okay. Right. And how much Centennial compared well, to how much Chinook? Well, in a 10-gallon batch, we had a quarter ounce of Chinook at 60, and then we had 1.5 ounces of Centennial at 30. You mean this is a homebrew batch you're talking yeah, well, about? Well, no, I'm just talking about. We scaled it down so we could talk about it. Okay, on the that's radio. what I wanted to make sure. It was two pounds of centennial. Because even my math isn't that bad. I thought, what? You threw it in two, Collins? It's two pounds yeah. of centennial. Is okay, all right. But yeah. no, no, keep. So give us the homebrew recipe. Keep up yeah. with that. I just want to make sure. If you have two sacks of Pilsner, an ounce and a half for me. <laughs> I just thought, Fine. man, I'm a bad brewer. But I can that's give you ridiculous. <laughs> I can give you the 10 barrel amount. No, no, stick with the homebrew version. Okay. So an ounce and a half at 30. Okay. All right, and what's the next edition? Well, then we do like a, a, a three-minute edition of uh, Cascade and Centennial. Both this, of them? Yeah, a three-quarter ounce apiece. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, fortunately, uh, Colin has a hot back. Oh, is that right? So we did a big, big Oh, charge. we've seen your hot back. I nice charge and a hot back, too. That was a lot of fun. Okay. So no, uh, there are no mash hops. No. There's no first word hopping. No, no. Uh, none of that. Just your traditional additions, except now we've gone to a hot pack. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. Part of, part of this experiment, or the, our collaboration was, uh, we wanted to keep the process uh, constant. That is, we would just use 
the normal downtown Joe's brewing process. Yeah, the, the, that is all. That's all the normal hop timings for yeah. about eighty yeah. percent of the recipes. Okay, yeah. um, and we use the hop back in all of our beers, but the wheat. Okay, so why, so we thought why change that? <laughs> uh, what is again? When we go to make our next modification, it'll be by recipe, not by process. So we'll yeah. keep living within these same time spots for the addition. Well, that okay. makes sense. You have a known, yeah. you have a known starting point. Variables, right? The known process right. gives you a known right. flavor. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, instead of 30 minutes, maybe we should do 25. No, forget no. that. Yeah. Maybe we should do more hops at 30 or something yeah. like that. And I've been fighting uh, homebrewers for years about this 30-minute addition. I think it's one of the most important places to add hops. Oh, uh, yeah. And well, I, 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 people that don't, I, I, I'm just clueless. It's now, <laughs> I, I'm going <laughs> to... Okay. Wait a minute. Now, this, is gonna, this isn't going to surprise anybody. Uh, that you find it odd that people add, don't add the 30. I have recently found it odd people that do. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. And, and I, I'm no expert by any means about these things. But I've tried a couple of people's experiments recently. And they were getting a lot of bitterness out of their beer. And I looked at their recipe. And the, and the one place that I saw it, that I thought I saw it coming from was this 30-minute edition. And I thought, well, why? Why 30 minutes? Why not get your, 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 the majority of your, of your bittering out of the 60? And if you need to get more IBUs, add more at the 5 or the 10. Like, double up on, on the edition so that you get more of that hop character. In 30, it's going to volatize, don't you think? No, it, well, that's so, a whole other show. Okay. Okay, so what happens with, uh, with these complicated uh, molecules is they actually attach themselves to glucose and, and don't evaporate out. Um, it's called gluconization. Okay. And, and we get that's these, a band I had in high school. And, and we get these uh, complicated molecules that will actually survive all the way into fermentation. And then the yeast either picks them up by their glucose end and drags them into the cell, esterifies them, spits them back out, or just grabs the glucose off and releases them as the chemical. So there's all sorts of things that can go on. Okay. I, I'm not... Uh, you, you, this might surprise you, but organic chemistry isn't something that's really easy for me to understand. <laughs> it does and, surprise uh, me. And uh, so I'm not exactly sure on exactly these pathways. Yeah. But what I, what I find is if you were to run up to a tree and break the bark off it and smell it, yeah, that's what the 30-minute edition tastes like. Okay. And it, it, the, the class of chemicals that I think it comes from is terpenes. And and I think that that's the time to get them. If you boil them for too long, then they do go away. Right. But if you don't boil them long enough, then all you get is the flowery, fruity stuff. Okay. See, your explanation clearly has much more evidence uh, than mine. My whole explanation was, if it's in the beer longer, there's bitter. That was my whole... Well, but I just thought for Budweiser because you know. they want a certain amount of bitterness and that's it. Yeah. And so I have to use a lot more hops to get my bitterness because I want to put some at 30. Okay. So it, it's not very cost effective for me to do that. Right. But I think it does add, uh, especially when you're looking for things like grapefruit flavors... Uh, pineapple flavors, um, all of those uh, heavier fruit flavors or or pine tree or marijuana or any of those flavors like that that you find in like a Pliny the Elder. They yeah. come from those those uh, 20 to 40 minute editions. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, sort of a transition for me. I mean, I was of, of the mindset like you would never want to have a 30, but a 15 or a 10 and a yeah. 5 are great. But uh, from the Can You Brew It show, because I hear... Lots about what, what the pros are doing, and yeah, a lot of them are just doing thirty, a lot of forty-five minute. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. And, and, and it, it isn't the uh, original 
released Pliny the Elder recipe, like uh, mash hop, kettle hop, 60, 45, 30, 15, 10, 3, yeah, dry hop. Familiar. It was pretty yeah. big, yeah. Yeah, it, whatever it was, it was just like every place you get out hops and every edition was yeah. totally different. Right. All right, so as a, for recipe formulation, let me ask you this. Now, how do you decide where you want your IBUs to come from in, in the boil. So you have to decide, all right, we want X from the 60, and you punch that into your program. We want X from the 30. We want X from the 10. So but how, so we're, since we're talking about designing a recipe, is this arbitrary? Where does this I, come I, from? I go backwards. I, I decide how much flavor I want from the 30, and then I pick up my bitterness from the 60. Okay, so you'll punch your 30 in first. First, and then how much do I need in my 60 to, to, That's to deal with That's an interesting way to do it. Okay. Yeah, because that way I can build my flavor. So this recipe has, for me, two pounds in seven barrels uh, in the 30 edition. Um, the old recipe uh, that you've got in one of those glasses there mm. was one and a half pounds. So I wanted to bump that middle up to two pounds. And I don't actually even look at, because what I'm trying to extract is other oils. I'm not trying to just extract bitterness out of my 30, but also other oils. So I'm more concerned about the total weight of oils in the hops than I am the alpha acids. Because the beta acids, I think, are really important in the 30-minute edition as well. Okay. I have a question that may not be appropriate for right here, but if you have a, a recipe and you want to make a change, uh, maybe it's more of a comment. You don't always just have to change the malt. Uh, you can get a lot of flavor profile change from changing your hop addition and your times and all that kind of stuff. If, if, yeah, the, is that is that what you kind of went with your with your uh, pale ale as well? I mean, you, you knew you needed to change. You wanted to break it down. Did you go here and then and then decide to do the hops as well? Or two or three iterations of a recipe before I've got the malt bill dialed in. Okay. Um, but you the still, hop bill's a lot harder. And you still know that. You, so you'll have a malt, a malt flavor. And then, uh, and then, and, and then from still there, know, that's good. You'll, I don't have to touch it now. I can move on to the hop. Yeah, usually, yeah, yeah. And then, but and then the hops, I'm never satisfied with. I'll tweak the hops forever. Except this time, you only tweak them for five batches. Um, from there, it'll be really minor tweaks. But what's going to happen is next year, Centennial is going to taste different, and right. I'm going to go. Oh, you know, Centennial doesn't quite taste the same this year. Maybe I'm going to add just a touch more or a touch less. Okay. All right, well, let's, go, let's go back to the, uh, the, the uh, hop back uh, edition. How do you, now, do you calculate a, a bitterness in with this? How do you figure out how much hops go into the hop back? Two pounds. <laughs> Arbitrary? Yeah, that's, what no, um, that's what collects Troub the best. And the reason why the hop back is in the process is I want a, a, a hop bed that's about a foot deep. Okay. Because that works the best in my hot back for collecting troop. And I, I've actually been able to eliminate, since I've gone to using the hot back 100% of the time, I've taken out an oxidized troop flavor. That was one of the off flavors that I thought the beers here always had. Mm. So for you, it was equipment specific to decide how much of exactly. a dry hop tap. It wasn't that, we, you know what, we want this to be really green, so let's add more. No, and, and in my IPA where I do want more uh, character than that two pounds, okay. I do a uh, flame out addition as well. Okay. Um, but it, I could get it all from the hot back if my hot back was bigger. Okay. Now, Tasty, how about you? Uh, j- just pick some other recipe that you use a hopback for. How are you deciding how much goes in the hopback? Whatever the hopback will hold. So it's a maximum. Yeah, it's, to me, it's a troop filter. As, as, uh, Same thing, okay. Like I don't get any perceivable uh, aroma or flavor that I don't get from flame out or dry hopping. Okay. So it's, uh, 
to me it's just uh, four ounces probably isn't enough to make much flavor. So, you know, it's just there. So you just jam it in and... Yeah, just, uh, as long as I get a good compaction in my hot back and okay. get a bed there that the, the troop can't get through. Great to know. Great, yeah. Okay. All right. So build yourself a hot back and jam it full. Well, and it, then it's yeah. a tube filter. Yeah. And you're not going to add uh, perceivable uh, bitterness or anything else. That you so. wouldn't get it from a, a flame out or a dry hot. Yeah. I, I won't use it on my wheat beer. Okay. It, it's a, my wheat beer is a little too delicate to deal with hot back. Okay. Uh, I've used it on lagers. It, uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't need any hop aroma whatsoever. And they don't get any. So, I mean, I just, you know... You know Okay. I, I put like goldings in, the, in my hot back, and uh, I get no goldings aroma or flavors. And did you say that there was a flame out edition or whirlpool edition? Not this no, not this period. There was just a, so nothing at uh, whirlpool or flame out. Yeah, no. you know, and we, maybe the next thing, but we'll talk about how we're going to modify it. Okay. But as I drink the beer, I don't say I think we're good on flame. I think we're good on hot flavor. I, I think we got a, a really nice dry hop edition, yeah. and and I think that really picks the beer up a lot. And that was one of our big concerns: was how do we we want a big dry hop edition? How do we build a beer that'll support that aroma and uh, and not have it be you know an IPA perfume bomb? Not have it be sticky to your palate? Have it refresh clean every time you take a sip? Um, and, and so that was one of the reasons. That was one of the reasons why we talked about our malt bill so much. Because okay. we really didn't want to have, you know, a bunch of C forty five in there that was uh, caramel forty five that was just gonna gonna be cloyingly sweet and, over it, yeah. and, and get stuck to the hops and 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 just stick in your palate and be annoying. So let me do a little comparison with you because you've put some pale ale in front of me and what I have here is your current I, I believe it's your A-side pale the first one that you put down I don't me. know which or which I think it's okay. I, rem- I think I remember that you told me this is your A-side and I know that beer pretty well because it's usually what I drink here um, so I've got your I've got Tasty's version in front of me and I've got the old one you'll and love the Harvest Ale right away when you try it that's the middle one that one I do know <laughs> okay um, so one thing I'm noticing is they're kind of two sides of, of the spectrum your current pale ale your, your A-side has a uh, for one, it has an English ester to it uh, that really plays with the malt. That is not in the new one. It's it has it's very estery. It's it's very English. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna pass this beer to you too, JP, because I want you to try this. Uh, uh, okay. But I think also it, it does have a sweetness that you're talking about that you're trying to reduce. Yeah. Um, I think that your new batch goes too far in the other direction. I, I'm looking for something more in the center of these two beers, maybe even a little toward the dry one. But this one, when I drank it on its own, I thought, oh, now this is great. It's dry and it's flavorful. Well, when I'm comparing it to the old one, it's actually lacking some flavor because it's so dry. Huh. Now it's, I want to try it. It's missing something uh, that your current one has. And part of it, I think, is the way the yeast uh, adds esters to your current pale ale. Right. That are not so much in this beer. Same yeast? Same yeast. Same yeast. And the other part of it is a little bit of residual sweetness, uh, which I understand you're trying to reduce. But do you think about this when you look at these? You want to reduce it, but maybe not too much? Well, that's the thing. If you want to make small changes, you make small changes to the recipe. And I'd gotten, I think, as far as I could get making small changes. Okay. Um, so that beer, one of the reasons why the yeast esters comes out better is there's no dry hop addition at all. Okay. Um, so this so a dry hop addition will cloud will, the ester. Sometimes it can, yeah. Okay. It depends when you add them. If you add your dry hop addition before you're completed with fermentation. So let's say your airlock is just barely bubbling. 
and you're thinking, oh, okay, what, you know, I'm going to be done in a couple of days. If you were to rack that off the yeast onto dry hops at that moment, yep. then you're going to pick up esters that the yeast can't create by itself. Because the yeast will esterify uh, those aroma molecules and make new, brand new esters. Interesting. And okay. uh, uh, a brewery that uh, does lots of hop research that shan't be named Sierra Nevada um, <laughs> does a lot of that in their brewing. Okay. <laughs> they actually do publish papers about it, so it's, it's not a secret. JP, what did you think? Uh, about what? No, I'm just kidding. Um, the I, uh, what did you think about me stabbing you underneath the table? <laughs> I felt good. It felt like I deserved it a good. lot. Um, uh, I actually think the old pale ale has yeah. a more of perceived dryness than this one does. You're insane. I am insane. Uh, I think. I mean, if we're if we're if that's the segment we're moving into is, is is critiquing this the new beer. Actually, you don't want to share a glass. Oh, you you blew a dude today. <laughs> well, we all did, right? I mean, who didn't? Who? Not me, but I mean, like who? Yeah, see, Sam okay. did. Give it to him. <laughs> um, I think the new one. Uh, personally, if if I think personally, if you drop the honey malt, I think this would be uh, a lot better. I think the new one is a little too sweet for me. Yeah, see, I don't. I get wanted that at a little all. drier. I wanted a little bit drier for the hops. I Push. think it's you know. What do you think, Tasty? You've had the original one, of course, and now yours. What do you think about the dryness versus sweetness factor? Well, I think, I think uh, the new the new one the, the uh, I I just ordered the super pale ale seventy eighty three. It's a different look at pale ale, so it's I don't know if they're uh, that comparable. Um, well, I can see where for, is yours uh, drier or not. The new he, one dr- more dry than the Ace? He, he doesn't have it in front of him, so let's get one in front of no, him. No, let me taste it again. I, I didn't it, blow I any dudes today. You could totally taste <laughs> that. It's been 24 Well, we hours. all made out before the show in our pre-show ritual, so it's fine anyway. That's uh, no wonder I was late. Yeah, you, <laughs> you always miss that, Colin. I don't know why. Every, I tell you what time it is yeah. every show. <laughs> oh, i got to hang with my wife. Whatever, dude. We're kissing. <laughs> the, the, Ace, the Ace is hoppier, like more bitter in the finish, yeah. you know, which is clouding the fact that it may be... As sweeter, sweeter. Okay, but the now, perception. Now that our collaboration beer, yeah, to me is is, is still too sweet. I'm mean, oh, it's drier. Yeah, right. Can I just say uh, who hmm. who you know yeah, who no, the best is? No, you're right. This guy. I'm the best. You're the okay. Well, <laughs> at tasting, yeah, that's true. I can taste things and tell you about them. <laughs> you're a BJCP judge. I am a BJ judge. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you BJCP, Colin? No, you know, I'm not. I, I, I keep meaning to take the test. I, I think Colin would knock it out of the park, personally. I think I, so, too. I, yeah. I don't... What, what I'm afraid that there's going to be some, you know, some question on there, like, you know, describe 15th century use of mugwort in brewing or there's something. There's not. And, and, right. You know, there's uh, not at all. If it's all about English uh, ales, I wouldn't have an issue with it at all. Some of the, some of the more esoteric loggers I might have an issue with. All right, I have identified the harvest ale in front of me. Is that part of the... Excuse me. See, I'm telling you that... What are you saying, man? Actually, with the exception of possibly the harvest ale, all of your previous uh, pale ales have a sweetness that I would like reduced. But I think still not as much... That's the current one. Although, Tasty, you say you want it to go even drier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I, I see myself. I, I always try to imagine what it's like to sit on, on the, the bar and try it's to drink. It's not hard to imagine. Four, yeah, it's hard to do it all the time. Mm. To drink four pints of a beer. And I, I, mm-hmm. Right. I could drink two of the beer as it is, believe me, or three. It's just that, you know, if you want to make your, your session beer, 
It's just a little too, little too malty. Okay. I agree. And I personally just say drop the honey malt. I don't think you need well, that much back sweetness. I, I, I like the character that it delivers. I could certainly back everything down, which, of course, would be back in the honey malt down. I'll tell you what you do. I and Colin and I did this when we were designing the beer. He said, you could take, like, this beer and go up to the bar and ask for salsa water in it to just to, to make it a smaller beer. No. It's still carbonated. And you get an idea what it might taste like as just a smaller beer. That's a good Instead idea. Instead of 10.59... Water it down to 1056 and see what you think. I like well, that idea a lot. Actually. A- actually, you know that, and this is a, a tip that I keep forgetting to uh, make sure that everybody on the Brewing Network hears. And this came back from when I was doing double IPA recipes. And double IPA recipes, the secret to them is to get the everything to be clean enough that those hops really come through. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's really hard to get your fermentation yeah. that clean when you're doing a nine and a half percent beer. Yeah. And I was, I was everything I was doing, I just couldn't taste what was going on. So I started watering beers back fifty percent with soda water and drinking them, and then suddenly everything popped out. Blossom. And once you got it clean, watered down, then it tasted so good at full strength. But you, really? had to, you had to start going after the flavors in a watered-down beer because they were just too overwhelming. I really like that idea. You mean in a order lot. to adjust your recipe, you were stripping the final beer down with some soda water to pick out the flavors? To, yeah, because otherwise it, I couldn't figure out which flavor was which. And okay. until, you know, until you put a name on a flavor, you can't look for it in the process. Right? And it is hard to do that. So here's something we, I just talked about with, with Sean Paxton with the Firestone 14. Uh, you went to the dinner. I did. It was great. And Sean the, outdid himself. So the Firestone 14, the, their 14th anniversary beer, has uh, something like uh, seven different Firestone beers uh, blended into it. And what he did was uh, a, a dish using each beer. And when he did the dish using an individual beer that was blended into the 14. Uh, and then you tasted the 14 along with it, you could pick out the, that one beer. You sure. could start to notice the flavors of that one beer, and that happened with each course. Um, so it just it, it's an interesting thing that you note that when, when there's so much happening in a beer, it becomes very hard to focus on one flavor. Yeah, it's beyond your, it's beyond you your sensory to, level to evaluate. And it. you have to find a way to strip it down, bring it down in order it. to get... So that was his way, was to showcase one of the beers in a dish yeah. and pair it, and then you can go, oh yeah, the the uh, uh, the citrus I get in this dish right. is X beer in, in this anniversary beer. Right. And you're doing it by stripping it down with some soda water. Right. Uh, it was... It, it was instrumental. It made the difference between me succeeding on that recipe and me failing. Okay. All right. And, and, and it was something I learned from uh, whiskey distillers. You can't taste 180 proof liquor. Yeah. You just can't taste it. You got to cut it. You cut it all the way down to 10 or 20%. I see. And then you start tasting it, and it just opens up the bouquets, and everything tastes different. So and, interesting. And, and that like works flowers. with beer, too. And, and yeah. I was sitting by the bar going, what is going on in this beer? Because it was just so estuary because the yeast fermentations were hard to keep orderly. Um, and so there was just so estuary. I'm like, what's going on? And I watered it down halfway and was like, oh, I know what's going on here. Right. There's this ester. There's that ester. There's that ester. This is how we're changing the process. Okay. Beer is kind of like an internment camp for yeast. 
Really? Yeah. It's like a work camp. <laughs> it is like a work camp. Yeah. They have no choice. No. But you, we give them, if we do it right, we give them a good working conditions. Look, yeah, we, we give them uh, the proper conditions to produce the max. We give them enough food and the right amount of uh, vitamins right. so they can continue working. And then when we're done, we pitch them down the drain. Who cares? Sure. The hours are long. Yeah. Uh, but, unless you're a brewery like mine, and then we, we just put them back in another fermentation. But with their kids. <laughs> like <laughs> a generation. True. You just go to the next generation. It, right. JP well, makes a good point. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, that. 75% of your cells only have one bud scar, but 25% always have more. I don't know what you said, but I'm in love with you. <laughs> a bud scar. You don't know what a bud scar is, JP? Oh, Come on. Yeah. How long have uh, you been doing this? When, well, I when, have one big one right down the center. <laughs> when when, when uh, yeast breaks in two, the mother cell... Adds a butt scar to her count. The daughter cell only has one butt uh, one butt scar. Oh, so you know. The, so so right, if you right, right. if you just look at the butt scars on each uh, cell, you know how many times it's split. And it's like all right. So under, can can you see that under a, a layman's uh, microscope, or do you have to have some sort of nuclear? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think what they do is they uh, stain can, it. Uh, can I answer they, this one for you? They, they stain the outside of the cell. <laughs> I see. And yeah. then uh, uh, put an argon laser on it, and so then, it has and to then be. take yeah. a photograph. Oh, yeah. I have it's one. like a nine thousand dollar laser. To, oh. see what I would have liked to hear was. Well, I kind of I, I got my own glass and I ground it down perfectly. And I built my own Laser. microscope. No, I just bought Kathleen Smart's book and, and looked at the pictures she put in there. She's smart. Yeah, she is. She's a smart. All right, why don't we do this? We're going to take a, a, another break. Oh, good. And uh, we're going to come back. Thirsty. We're going to talk more about this recipe. We're going to talk about uh, what we want to do is, is how you're going to change it and where you're going to go next. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I think that's part of this process and, and how people need to learn to make their own recipes, too. So, uh, quick names, break. names, names, names. I do have names in names. front of me, too. I'll read them. Uh, they're <laughs> not all. Pale uh, they're about what I expected, Carl. I'm just going to point good. that out right now. I like now. that. <laughs> all right. Ale. It's the session live from downtown Joe's. We're going to get a beer and have a P, come back and hang out with us. It's the session. Pea time. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 19th century Burton-upon-Trent. Ah, Merry England! Something is amiss, my friends. Be on guard! Are these casks of white Zinfandel will stand the Queen's men in good stead in far Bangalore? Ah, hell no! Blush wine out of Britain, be worse than microwaving a kitten. Maharaja Dodgers drinking pink, be vomiting predominant on the subcontinent. Oh, dear, you can't drink blush with Vindaloo. Oi, <laughs> what should I do? Ship hogsheads of this high carbonate water? <laughs> no, sir. Please, wait just a moment. Well, bless me. A parcel from the future. From one northern brewer. Use this malice altar, my good man. EKG at a high rate per barrel make ladies wet like Colin Farrell. Now quit Burton ruining the Burton Union and get Burton brewing. Forgettest thou not the bog myrtle? 
Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento Chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and keep that nasty-ass bog myrtle inside your sackcloth, Brother Abelard. My stars, but this India Pale Ale is better than wine. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next needed. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. Can, can, tasty. Can, 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 tasty. Tasty can, tasty, tasty can, tasty, 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 set out to design a great brewing stand they knew it had to be strong adaptable and last for a lifetime the top tier brewing stand is now proudly available at blickmanengineering.com it grows with your brewing skills and equipment start with five gallon coolers on its heavy gauge stainless steel shelves then move all the way up to 30 gallon pots on the high output burner tiers speaking of burners the custom blickman engineering top tier burners are extremely powerful efficient and amazingly quiet they have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust the top tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future your brewing stand should adapt with you not force you to learn a new process visit blickmanengineering.com today to configure your top tier brewing stand and to find a local blickman retailer you'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price start brewing with blickman from the top tier Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. 
White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. I talked to Doc at the break. He's out here uh, having a good time with us, too. He's having a real good time. I was trying to figure out if we should put him on the air, so I figured I should go have a conversation with him to make that assessment. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're putting him on the air at the end of the show. (laughs) I agree. He said, you know, do you want me to help out with the the topic? Oh, no, that's cool, Doc. We got got it covered, man. (laughs) But during the meltdown? Yes. Oh, we want you back at the end. Tim Wood is here, and she's, like, rubbing his weird furry little midget body. He keeps uh. lifting his shirt up. He keeps getting <laughs> half naked yeah. for her and throwing out his little furry body, yeah. which usually is Schumann. So I guess he's taking uh, the place of both of them. Somebody's got to be the naked guy. Yeah. That's right. Every episode needs a naked guy. <laughs> hey, yeah, Schumann was doing that on the last show, wasn't he? He didn't, was. Didn't Sarah Husket dare him to go in there and take think, off his shorts or something? I think she asked him to come in the studio and show his wiener or something oh, like yeah, that. Right. And he came in in his boxer shorts. Right, and she had to look close. And for me, I live with that nudist, and I have to see him in his boxer shirt shorts more than any human being should have to see a person in their boxer shorts. I think we should finish the show in our boxer shorts. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, you don't want to see my boxer shorts. Are they uh, Are they actually uh, Euro-style dog underwear? <laughs> They're non-existent. Little banana yeah. hammocks? Is that what's going on? There's something I designed. That, no, the Emperor's new boxer shorts. <laughs> Perfect. Move that just slightly closer. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, By that being like, we're going to wrap up this beer segment. We've got a little right. more to talk about uh, on this on this pale ale. And one of the things, uh, of course, Colin, is that you mentioned uh, this is just the first one. You're going to go through five and yeah. try to narrow down a recipe. Yeah, I this, this is our first shot at it. Um, I, I think I have a good idea of, of where I want to go and why I want to go there. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, when Mike and I get some private time to talk about it, uh, we'll we'll head down a path together. Um, obviously, uh, JP's had oh, some good yeah, tasting comments. We've had about. some good tasting comments that we'll uh, keep in mind. Um, <laughs> I, no. I, don't, I don't see this recipe changing more than okay. 2 or 3% yeah. here or there okay. uh, in the next five batches. But yeah. I think in five batches, it'll give us a really good shot at dialing it in. But you do want to make some tweaks. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Tasty, what's number one on your tweak list from this beer? Well, I'd like to make the beer a smaller beer. Just get the uh, get it down to like maybe under 5.5. I think we're like at 
five seven now or five six or something like that. Yeah, I think around yeah. five three probably be a good place. I to think be. that's a good point for it. It's a little big for a pale ale. I'm thinking yeah. even five. Okay, we can do that with the seltzer water test up there. We can see what it would taste like. It's a, just a smaller beer by adding a little bit of seltzer water to it. I really like that idea. He likes that. I really, really like that. To break it down and get the... The only only question I would have is, uh, but you can't use like a mineral water from the store uh, because the the hardness of the water, the pH would uh, change maybe the... You know, it'll it'll change it, but if you just got got the uh, cheapest seltzer water you could find, um, they probably haven't added a bunch of minerals to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, even if you get the general idea of how it would be, I guess, it's probably fine. Yeah, Yeah. it, it, it might screw with your water chemistry a little bit your sulfate to chloride ratio but um you can always fix that again later but what doesn't am i right <laughs> um, yeah I, I i think that's a really good idea I, I can't get over that all right the seltzer water <laughs> i'm trying okay. no i like the idea too. In it? it's awesome yes. I'm, I'm barely holding on to knowing where i am right now so jp jp likes to talk to me in the bathroom for some reason he follows me in there every time i, I go it. that's where he finds his quiet time with me well you know we need it we need that time to bond as uh, friends and he admitted had uh, to having too much to drink today uh, i'm having i'm having more than i normally do when i go out yes you, you sound fine uh, I mean, you were hung up on the seltzer water thing, but other than that, you sound great. I really enjoy it. Uh, I sound. I think I sound uh, great. I feel uh, uh, we- weird. <laughs> but we're ready to go. Oh, you can't really feel the way you are. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. All right. What else besides the alcohol content, uh, Tasty and or Colin? Uh, what is another change, another tweak you might make on batch two? I, I really like beers that taste good cold and warm. Okay. And so I find when this beer warms up that there's a little bit of a malty cloyingness um, that I think agree with JP that it comes uh, from the honey malt. So I think uh, dropping uh, the honey malt by maybe maybe 10 or 20% from where it's at might be a good experiment to a try. A lot. You're going to drop uh-huh. it by a lot. Yeah. Well, that's well, why I wanted you, know, you to taste well, it, JP. So that's you, why I did, baby. Yeah. So we used about 20 pounds, so maybe taking yeah, two pounds so out or 20 percent drop would be like a go from 5 to 4 percent. Wow. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's but I like the honey malt in there. 20 percent. Don't worry, JP. Well, if it, if it turns out it shouldn't be in there at all, it'll eventually It'll eventually, yeah, it'll sneak out. It'll right. fall out of it, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this about these tweaks, because in, in, in home brewing, especially for beginners, we have recommended to our listeners only tweak one thing at a time or you don't know what made the difference. Are you guys beyond that? You're, yeah. you're allowed to tweak a couple things? Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you might have had a few beers. So what else might you tweak then? Uh, let's see. What was he thinking here? Um, possibly the uh, flick barley. At, uh, huh. Lower? Yeah, a little bit lower. Yeah. 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 I, that's something I, I really want to try again in about a week. This uh, I carbonated oh. this yesterday, so it, it really wow. hasn't had a lot of time to gel together and, and build yeah. that. Yeah. Build some of those. It's things. a bunch of components and hasn't melted together. Yeah. Yet. So I, I kind of want to make sure that that in a week that we taste it again right, and, so and week, get an idea about. So the in a week we'll sit down and design the next recipe. Earnest. That's what I think, okay. yeah. I've, I've got at least a week before I brew in the first we need schedule. to brew another batch. Yeah, it's not us. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think the flake barley perception will be a little different in a week. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Um, just because it was, it's just barely carbonated in time for the show. So this beer is how many days out of the fermenter? Like in a keg? Um, like- I moved it yesterday. 
So this beer is basically two days old? Two um, days old. Well, I, I, I crashed the temperature about a week ago. So about, about a week old then? About, about a week old. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it, and it came out of the fermenter yesterday. I was trying to get it out on Friday, but a virus attacked our computers. So I ended up being computer guy for 11 hours uh-huh. on Friday. Yeah, sorry about that. I was just farting around. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It, Bartenders watching porn on the uh, office computers again or something. You know? I hate it when that happens. <laughs> it's like working with Regan again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will admit I do not watch porn on my office computer. I definitely I go into yeah. uh, I, I use Chad's computer. I, I use oh, my the- cell phone. <laughs> I bet because that's it's very personal. It's just right in front of you, the- and, and you can reformat it <laughs> without infecting any of the network. Excellent point. We're la- not just getting recipe uh, techniques tonight, Tasty. Yeah, We're getting yeah. porn viewing. Yeah. Well, the laptop. It's on our mind, so what the hell? Right. The laptop that Vivo is using is my laptop. Oh, so watch it there. Yeah, you so, want to talk about surfing? Don't on the work. Don't shit. Don't shit. So, can we look at his browsing history, yeah. please? She don't, needs to wash her hands. I was going to say, don't shine a black light across the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> For your own sake. It'll look like you're at a rave. <laughs> Never shine a black light across the keyboard. Can be ugly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, one thing, uh, Scott, did we get any uh, uh, listener comments about the? Uh, yeah, let's get them up here, because I want to know what people here uh, think about the beer that you okay. guys have produced here. Right. So another thing that we'll probably talk about next week is what we want to do fermentation character-wise. Okay. Mm-hmm. What uh, temperature did you ferment at, by the way? This was uh, a very healthy pitch of English ale, very high cell count, lots of oxygen, of uh, uh, so uh, White Labs 002. Okay. So it had everything going right to be clean and not very estery. So there's the diacetyl qualities of that yeast didn't come through at all. Um, uh, the uh, ester profile was very small compared to how it normally is. The fusel character is a little bit higher than it normally is. Um, all of that I think we can tweak in fermentation parameters. So are you, you thinking you might lower it a little bit to get the fusel out of it? No, I think less oxygen. I think there less was too oxygen. much oxygen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I think there was too much oxygen. All right. Otherwise, the temperature of the ferment, well, you'll leave it the same. Yeah, I think so. Um, I find if I get it around 65, sometimes it doesn't mop up diacetyl. But we might also talk about switching to California. Well, it, we, we certainly could, but this is really neutral. I'm not getting any yeast or English flavors whatsoever. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, if it's it, to me, if the best yeast to use in your brewery is the O2. I think we should stay with it. Well, we have, we have both at any yeah, given moment. So. Well, then maybe we should try the next beer with, with the O1. Yeah. Unless we'll make another major changes. Well, so far we haven't talked about too much. Right. Well, I right. think if you change the yeast, then maybe you don't have to adjust the honey or anything like that because I think it'll finish maybe out a little because drier. Because it might dryer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, try that. But you still may, may find you don't even need the honey ball. I don't know. You know, it, it, it builds a body. I wanted a malt because I use so much uh, Vienna, light Munich, and dark Munich to get more light grain characters in my beers. I, w- I was really excited to try something new, a light malt that wasn't the ones I normally use because I thought it would uh, break me out of a certain mold that my beers get locked into. Um, so I kind of like the honey for that reason alone. Yeah. All right, you want to get some listener opinions about the beer? All right, 
JP, you're gonna have to do me a favor and uh, remove your headset. Give it to give it to Moscow. And uh, we've got Cameron here. You know, we got a whole uh, room full of people. It's been a great turnout tonight. I love it when the listeners come out and join us here. And uh, they've all been trying Tasty's beer tonight. We've got Cameron on the line now. Now, Cameron, uh, believe it or not, is a guy who uh, you brought us his sour beer just a couple weeks yeah, ago right. on the program. Yeah, it is, uh, and he gave me another beer. taste of his sour beer tonight. And the, the man's making some awesome <laughs> sour homebrew, Cameron. You're just doing a great job of it. Uh, so we thought we'd have you give us your opinion on this first batch of pale ale that uh, that Colin and Tasty brewed. What are your thoughts on the beer? Uh, well, first off, if I had a chance to have this beer on top of my house, I'd be pretty happy. Um, it's a nice beer. It's a really nice beer. I like session beers, and this one's really drinkable. Uh, my first judge is normally my wife. This beer would go real well with her. It's uh, real tasty, real drinkable. Yeah. It has a nice dry finish, and, and those are, are, are normally the first things I look at a beer. I'm familiar with Collins beers. I like the malt bill. Uh, I like the the Maris Otter. I like the yeast that he uses. Um, if I was to tweak it for my own personal use, and yeah. not general consumption, not you know serving at the bar, I'd probably put a little bit more hop flavor at the end. Okay, just a little bit. I, I'm a fan of the big funky hops like Simcoe, Columbus, Citra. Uh, Amarillo. I, I probably just finish it with a little bit more of that. But aside from that, I, I wouldn't do anything different. Really? So you like the the gravity's okay, the alcohol content's okay. You just want a little more hop character. Well, first off, I don't know. I don't know the, uh, the alcohol content. It's, it's about five and a half. You guys about said. five seven. Five, five seven. seven. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know any notice any hotness. It seems real nice and, and real drinkable. So that's all a plus for me. Okay. So you're just looking for a little more hop character. Uh, that would be the only criticism I would have, and that's not. A lot. Okay. What do you guys think about it? Tasty, is that on your list? Are you looking for some more? Well, my goal is to make the beer mostly about the malt, that it be a, uh, yeah. a really drinkable beer. Uh, don't want to infringe on IPAs. I want to make sure this is still a sure. pale ale. So I wonder I mean, if I'll, you... I'll change the, the mix-up of hops. I like the IBUs about where they're at. Uh, certainly the IBUs. I think if there was an addition that we would tweak in that direction, it would be the three-minute hop addition. Mm-hmm. Um, might, might get tweaked in that direction. But I don't know if we're, uh, if we're settled into our malt bill well enough to, to, to fine-tune that three-minute addition yet. Okay. Well, and I wonder if when you get down to about five and a half, like you're looking for, or a little below, and you dry it out like you want to, right. you might end up having a lot more uh, of the hop character the hop more prevalent, yeah. uh, there anyway. Right. Okay. Thanks, Cameron. I appreciate uh, your input on the beer. Uh, we've got some more input on the beer. Dave's going to uh, tell us what he thinks. And, you know, whenever we do these shows here at Downtown Joe's, we encourage you to come out because not only is uh, Colin sharing his beer with us, and, and, of course, we have Tasties on, but on the down low, there's kind of a bunch of homebrew being poured around, too. And uh, I'm pretty sure that yeah, it's, not a- it's not actually being poured, but it's virtually being poured. Uh, a lot of people come out and share their stuff with us, and it's a, re- it's a really nice thing to see that, yeah, uh, that goes on down here that y- you really miss out if you can't make it. So if you're ever even remotely in our area when we come out to downtown Joe's, come join us. All right, Dave has had the uh, pale ale a couple times tonight, I'm sure. Uh, give us your thoughts on the beer. I thought it was um, very nice beer. At first I was telling Scott that... Um, I thought it was kind of maybe lacking slight bit of malt, but then I, I can't, I'm 
kind of second thoughting myself. Okay. I think it's um, exactly kind of what I like in a beer and this type of a beer. It's uh, obviously a lighter, a set more of a session beer. And I noticed that um, at, at, at first you get this like nice mouthfeel, but it, it falls off uh, pretty quickly and it dries out quite a bit at the end and it, it goes away real quick and definitely it's the one that I consider the bar and drink like two or three beers easily and that's the type of beer that I like it's the ones that the lighter beers lighter alcohol you can obviously uh, tell uh, still plenty of flavor but but you can drink you know you can drink plenty of them now I have to agree with Dave on that the, the drinkability of this beer is you've already done very well so now that you guys want to drop it down even further. I mean, I, I must have, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm probably on my sixth pint tonight. Yeah, it's so drinker. drinkable, and, and it has that English ale quality in that case, which is something you're looking for, Colin. Uh, it is super drinkable, like Dave says. Yeah. You can put it down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It doesn't crowd your palate with too much uh, uh, nonsense, too much flavor, too much sweet, too much hop. It's uh, it's very yeah, palatable. There's, there's nothing that really lingers. You get a little bit of uh, bitterness lingering, but yeah. but but you don't get you, you get that. Like I said, the um, the mouthfeel and the lot of flavor at first, but it goes away yeah. pretty quickly. So that I think it it, it creates a way that you that, um, that you can drink a lot more. Is there something you'd like to see changed, Dave? Because they're going to you know do what? a few more. At first, I was thinking, like I said, I was telling Scott that maybe a little bit more um, uh, malt in there, yeah. but I'm thinking probably not. Okay. I would. I actually like it a lot, very much the way it is. Okay. So you don't have anything you want to switch on the recipe? You, you no, keep no, it no, right no, there. No, no, I would love to brew a beer like this. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, we almost gave out the recipe tonight, too. We we practically will. Uh, you know, we'll, and we will. We'll, we'll reiterate this will be at the end. And when we're okay. done, it'll be a public recipe. Okay. All right, Dave, thanks very much. I appreciate your input. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, I would like one more opinion on the beer if anyone's out there. Why did What happened to Kim? Because Kim was going to come give us her idea. She bailed out on you. Tell her to get our... Kim, get your ass over here. Kim. Kim. Come here. Kim. No, Kim. You don't get to... Come on. Come on. Talk to us about this beer, Kim. You're, so you're, you're a great brewer, and uh, maybe she hasn't had any. Maybe she's a DD tonight. And that's why she doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> like Kim's ever DD. You know, I, I was thinking about uh, his comments. He was saying how um, how it finished really clean, and I noticed in the finish the, the character that comes out the most for me is the uh, tannins from the dry hop. And this uh, most of this dry hopping happened at 68. Um, I think maybe next time I'll, I'll cool it down just a little bit and uh, dry hop it at 55. Um, try to not extract so many tannins. Um, I never. So that is basically the premise of the cooler, the dry hop. The that's been my experience. experience. I haven't read that anywhere. There's no that, science. Okay. Yeah, that, that's just my that's experience. That's your experience? Yeah. I never would have picked that out on my own, Colin, I'll be honest with you. But now that you mention it, it's one of those flavors that you meant you put in someone's head. And then, and I, I think you're right. I think there is a tannic character to it. Yeah, and that's, that's all dry hop related. Okay. Well, that's interesting for people to note, too. Uh, can you taste that when you water it down with soda water? JP wants to know. Uh, no, it'll actually, that'll actually diminish the same. It will. Okay. Yeah, it's the molecules that are only detectable in you know like parts per billion that just start to pop out okay. when you put soda water in. Okay. Yeah, they, you know, the, like trying to go after uh, diacetyl isn't very helpful, but trying to go after acetaldehyde it helps a lot. All right. 
Now we have our lovely Kim Wood here. What are you trying to do to my producer? You you, you line up to to, 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 to talk to us about the beer, and then and then you bail out on the poor bastard. You know he's the one who's going to have to pay for it. I'm going to yell at him. Uh, he's going to get nipple twisted, and uh, nobody's happy. So come on, talk to us about this pale ale, Kim Wood. What do you think? I told him. We don't want him to tell us what you think. I was. What did you tell him? No, it's very floral. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Okay. There's a couple of flavors that I don't really. Tell us what they are. Yeah, talk to us about that's what we want to know because we're doing five more of these to try to get it right. So, believe it or not, uh, Kim happens to make a good beer or two. And she uh, she has a pretty decent she has a, a pretty decent palate, and so we're actually looking for some criticism about yeah, we, this we recipe. Yeah, we want your honest criticism. Everyone Kim. else has been blowing them. Kim was very afraid to offend the brewing parties. No, oh, no. Colin is the least offendable yeah. brewer I've ever met in my life. Yeah, no, I I would much rather get the negative side of the comments than the positive side. So. You're more likely to offend Tasty, but he's probably too high to no. care. <laughs> Can't offend me. Let's face it. All right. Have a really good like descriptive vocabulary. So That's okay. I didn't know if it was like a little bit of diacetyl. I don't know. If we're Th- this yeast does throw diacetyl, so this is pretty common. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's below my threshold of you detection. Okay. But but do you taste it? Uh, I thought there's something in there. Push keeps shoving something in my mouth. Leave it there. Like, Please put it back there. Uh, this, That's we're why not, called push. We're not just effing with you. He's my audio guy. Push, put Hold it back on. there, please. Oh, she has to drink. She can drink first. I keep moving it When you're done drinking, move the mic back to, yeah, your, to your mouth so we can hear. There we go. And but so we can watch. It's very floral. I don't know. There's something almost very earthy about it. Um, and so, I don't know. So it's, would you change that? Is that something you're looking to reduce? Um, a little bit, yeah. Okay. It doesn't seem as clean as it could be. I mean, I know this beer isn't supposed to be a super clean beer, but I don't know. There's just something interesting. There's like a flavor that I can't really put my um, my finger on. I think it has a muddy, earthy, floral quality that could be cleaned up. I, I can actually... I think that's maybe... One of the things I picked up in the beginning about the beer, that it could be a, a little cleaner in terms of, it's not a fermentation problem, that's not what I mean, but there is a lot of floral quality to it, and I agree that it's uh, it's slightly earthy. Um, I, I think maybe it could be a little more focused, rather than a mound. You see what I mean? Right. There's a little bit of a mound of flavor. Crisp instead and not of a, muddled. Yeah. I, I, think it, I think it could be more crisp. And I wonder if that will also come with the dryness that you're looking for. Or at least waiting a week, it's going to make the beer a bit It'll better. come together a little. But yeah, the earthy quality, my experience is when you start to get into the earthy character, um, that doesn't improve over time. It does not. Okay. Yeah. Does and what does that come from? That's a good question. You, we don't know. Do we? Not, not yet. I need more <laughs> flavor descriptors from her. Well, maybe it is the honey malt. That's been what. That's been an ongoing criticism of the beer is maybe the amount of uh, honey malt that, that could be there. Wow, you're a bitch. I can't I believe know. you said that to, to <laughs> yeah, Colin. I mean, they've worked so hard on this no. beer, and you just come sit here and tell Fuck them how you. bad it is? Fuck you. <laughs> no, this you is what they're looking for. see how big Kim's smiling when she says that to Justin. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I mean, we give you a microphone, and what do you do? No. Well, yeah, and Scott hey, don't be a dick. me up here by my arm. Hey, so, 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 Kim, no, I, actually, I want to get more flavor descriptors from you. Okay, so let, let's work on that. So you say earth. When you say earthy, is it more mushroomy or is it more dirt? 
Mushroomy? I think mushroomy too. Yeah. Yeah. That that would probably be Fungy. yeast drive. That and would then, be yeast drive. And then the um, bitterness, it's really from bitterness, but it just like lingers for a long time, kinda like that postage sampling. JP, fucking put your hands in your lap. Stop it. Shut up. Now the bitterness the lingering bitterness I don't get. That's not something. It doesn't mean it's not there. I don't pick that up. I do, I do get pick lingering up the, tannins. You do? Yeah, lingering tannins. Well, the tannin not, part. Yeah, but okay. not lingering bitterness. But I definitely agree with the more of a fungi type of earth rather than a dirt type of earth. I'm glad you brought. So what? So you say the fungi one is a is a hop. The mushroomy one is is hop derived. Is that what you said? No, the mushroom one's usually yeast derived. Yeast derived. Yeah. What would an earthy one be? The earthy ones usually come from uh, a skunky hops. It, it oh, sort okay. of crosses into that skunky caddy flavor from okay. hops. Yeah. Um, All right. And since we didn't have any uh, Simcoe or Amarillo uh, or Summit. Um, I didn't figure that that was the one she was picking up. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to make sure. No, this it sounds probably like uh, we did had a lot of cell growth in this fermentation. Okay. And sometimes I'll get some of those uh, characters when you have huge cell growths. I see. You know, that's what we were talking about earlier with lots of oxygen. Um, so will you, you you will alter your fermentation profile as well? Prob- I, what I'd probably do is just cut down some of the oxygen. Okay. All right. Right. And, and then see if it gets better. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. That's very helpful. Thank you, Kim. Well, you can go back to uh, whatever you were doing. Okay. Go, go back to getting shots of absinthe. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> All right. The lovely Kim Wood out here with Andy Wood and the Deneens, who we love to see out here. The Deneens brought their party baby. And uh, party baby is always a good time. Kid just runs around and uh, parties. It's, <laughs> it's uh, pretty amazing. Gotta love Party Baby. You gotta love Party Baby. All right. Uh, anything else about uh, recipe changes for the next time around, or have we covered what you're gonna do when you get your ass back in here, Tasty? A question I had that we didn't talk about yet. This is a really high sulfate to chloride ratio. Oh, yeah? Um, uh, it was about 9 to 1. Normally I shoot for about 5 to 1, but it, I don't find it distracting. I find no, it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think water is an issue with this beer at all. I don't think so yeah. either. I think the water came out fine. I'm going to throw a, a push eject under the bus here for a second. Since you mentioned that, when we first tried the beer, um, him and I had two comments. I, I since don't taste it, but that's probably because I'm five of them into it or so. <laughs> but he thought that the beer tasted a little chalky, and I thought that it tasted a little soapy. Um, maybe we were uh, perceiving the same element just in two different ways. So I, when, when he said chalky and I said soapy, I was thinking about water and, and, and sulfates and things like that. Soapy to me uh, uh, is something that ages out, and okay. I think it's probably more trube-related than anything. Okay. I think soapy quality comes from oxidized trube. It's one of the reasons why we use the hot back here okay. um, is to try to, to minimize that character as much as possible. All right. Um, what about chalky? Chalky. That's interesting. We we did leave a lot of residual alkalinity in the beer, um, uh, and on purpose. And we balanced it with lots of sulfates, but almost no chlorides. Um, so we'll have to decide about that. That's a good tasting note. That uh, when it's not so busy in here, I'll have to review again. Well, but I mean, Tasty's very good at evaluating water and hop utilization and things like that. You think the water's just fine, Tasty? Yeah, I can taste the water in the beer, and I think it seems good. Okay. Now, Colin, something you mentioned to me is you could 
add chlorides after the fact? Yeah, we can. So we could do that in this beer. Yeah, we can. Okay. And just see yeah, if that would help. Or we'll spike it. Yeah. yeah, we can spike it and see where we get. Yeah, because cool. if we just take some calcium chloride and dissolve it in hot water right. and then drop a couple milliliters in, we can start yeah. spiking it up. Right. Yeah, that's a key point. Uh, a lot of people don't know that they can add minerals after the beer's already been made. Yeah, uh, to yeah. get sulfite to chloride ratio right, you can always add minerals. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, personally, if you take the uh, flaked barley... Oh. Down to like 15% and get rid of the honey. That's it right there. That's me. That's my final All right, tasting. Right. It's your Duly final noted. tasting note. Yeah. Get rid of the Get honey. rid of it. Not reduce it. Get rid of it. Okay. Get rid of it. All right. But that's me. And I may not, uh, you know. Well, well, Colin, we could do that. We oddly could... enough, Colin likes you. So uh, <laughs> Colin just doesn't know. He's over. <laughs> I, I, I think I've known JP longer than anybody in this room. Actually. You're probably right. Yeah, uh, I think I do. And you still like him. And I still like him. I actually, I, I used to give him a lot of shit, and then I realized that he was a bass player. And, and bass <laughs> that players changed get, everything. Get, yeah, they get the short end of the band the whole time. That's true. And uh, so I figure he deserves some sympathy now. Sure. Yeah. Poor JP's actually gotten the short end of life for the most part. <laughs> Well, so. I did. Well, uh, I drew this kind of chart. I tried to draw a chart, but it ended up just being uh, a character of Kim Wood uh, surfing on a giant cock. Oh, <laughs> and is that is that how you perceive this beer going? Well, it's it's very similar. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's your. I, I wanted yeah, to draw like a thing, and I just ended up drawing a big wiener with uh, Kim surfing. Yeah, if you on put it. an X Y axis on that, it would. She's make like more longboarding. Sense. Yeah. I'll give it to her later. Wow. JP's it's just, uh, uh, souvenir, really. JP's girlfriend's dad is here, uh, uh, watching his mind work. Does anybody ever wonder about how that goes over? I do. Well, I often wonder about. He that. and I email. We we draw cocks at where, and then we scan it to each other. We fax each other these wiener drawings. So you have a close relationship with your girlfriend's dad. Well, we kind of do. We you know we don't want to brag about it, but we're you know <laughs> but we're close. We're friends. <laughs> I, I, I'm just actually stunned that JP has a girlfriend, though. Well, I try to gloss over that fact. Cause, don't put the guy on the spot. Look at him. He's a handsome Wait, man. What do, you mean? what do you mean? You tried to gloss over it by bringing it up? Is that how you tried to gloss over it? You yeah. dick. All right. You want some like beer names? Focusing on it. Yeah, beer names. Yeah. All right. The chat room has given you some uh, pale ale names tonight. There we go. Let's tonight. see what they are. Mrs. Push is in the chat room tonight. Yay! Hey, go Mrs. Push. Yeah. Probably uh, wondering, probably wondering what the fuck Mr. Push is still doing in Northern California, uh, but she's hanging out with us, a uh, lovely woman that she is, and uh, she has put in Earth, Wind, and Pale. That's her name. Earth, Wind, and Pale is on the table. It's which, a good thing she's pretty. Which, by, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, it's a lot more clever than most of the uh, names I have in front well, of, of me. Of course it is. Mrs. Push is a friend. Oh, friend of mine, Pale. Oh, like friend that. of mine, Pale Ale. I like that. That's good. That's nice. a pretty goddamn good name, that i got to say right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, put that in your notes there, is it really friend though? of mine. Uh, okay, Crotch Rot in the chat room is wrote in. Um, now, this one has a spelling thing to it, but it basically, it's Magdola Palooza, but the Uppa is APA, Magdola Palooza, and then if, when you put it on your fancy board there, it would say APA. Uh, so that's his. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here in front of me? Um, How about that? Just uh, Napa's Pale Ale. Napa's. 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 Downtown Napa's. I, which, uh, I don't know uh, if you've Napa's. ever heard the ad, but uh, that's an old JP joke. Yeah. Uh, it's not Napa. It's downtown Napa's. Napa's. Uh, <laughs> so Napa's, Napa's. I like that one, actually. I would lo- enjoy me pint. A lot you know of, what people um, from Napa are called, right? No. Oh, you told me once. I forget. What are they? Napkins. Napkins. <laughs> 
Jesus. Napkin Pale Ale. <laughs> wow. um, okay, uh, Downtown Tasty Pale. Ale. Mm. Kind of plain. Mm. Fit in everything you could into one thing. Uh, BN Pale. Uh, Justin Crosley is bisexual pale ale. <laughs> I don't like that. That's not a good name. What are you clapping about? It's a stupid name. Shut up, Bebo. Well, it's a stupid way to live your life, too. So, whatever. Uh, 56 minutes pale ale? I'm not sure the 56 minute reference. Bebo? Remember when Blopper had sex for 56 minutes straight? Ah, uh, okay. Another very inside name that we'll. Uh, yeah, that included foreplay, though. Motorin ale. You know, clearly from the song Motorin. <laughs> then you can make a song, What's Your Price for a Pint? Well, Blobber Glop gave a lot of names, and most of them were stupid. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tasty McPale Ale. McPale? <laughs> Let's go straight for it. He gets sued by McDonald's. If McDonald's going to take that away. Bebo's. Tasty McDole's Pale. Bebo's <laughs> Pale. <laughs> but it's Collins, too. Uh, Bebo, use your mic. Oh, wait. The Tasty's not available. You Testicular Pale Ale. Came through. I don't know how, what that has to do. That's about it. Colin, I warned you. Didn't I warn you not to ask my listeners for <laughs> There was J- uh, JP's Pale Ale. I feel that was a good one. Uh, JP is awesome. Uh, I don't feel that. I actually think that Mike, who's here in the room, gave the best name so far tonight, what which was, was the, my, the uh, a friend of friend mine. Of mine yeah. Friend of mine, Pale Ale. I'd like. Can I have a friend of mine? It's very uh, uh, Grateful Deady, and I don't like it because it makes me think. Yeah, of you know, there's the, world. the, the uh, JP's favorite band is the Rolling Stones. I don't know if you guys know. That. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we can do waiting on a friend to pale in. Oh, that one's pretty good too. I, I'm just waiting on a friend. waiting on a friend. Yeah, I'll have a waiting on the friend. I like that. Uh, Tasty's cousin pale. Is just coming through right now. Yeah. You know, one of our, our Pilsner is what she's having, Pilsner. Well, there's some cousin having. in that Janice Brown, by the way. Yeah. Is that what's in the Janice Brown? Some cousin? Is that why we, uh, that's that's why that I like it so much? A cookie might have fell in the... That one there's cookie. There's a rumor, but we're denying it. If, if the, it, it. Does the rumor say that it fell into the boil? Or? Mash kettle. The uh, mash tub. It fell into the mash tub. Yeah, by accident. Brewing, brewing, what was that, Scott? Brewing athletes. Brewing athletes pale ale. I don't like that one either. None of these names. I gotta tell you, uh, these are awful. BN Army, uh, you're about as uh, creative as uh, Bevo over there. Who? Uh, let's, <laughs> let's face it, uh, she hasn't created anything except for a successful marriage with a retard. <laughs> Which can I say is pretty talented? No, you're right. That's a, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> You're retarded. You know it. <laughs> Sit back. The guy knows how to lay lumber, I think is what it is. Yeah. I got to point out that Sam, uh, in fact, everyone, you ought to give him a high five, is really happy about the Giants winning the yeah. World Series. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. Uh, give him a hug. Give him a hug. I mean, he's so happy about that victory that he doesn't know what to do with himself. Uh, way to lead that cheer, Sam. I can't believe that. Good job, buddy. I'm glad you're coming around for your home team. Oh, wait a minute. All right. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take ourselves uh, one more quick break. break. When we come back, we got a couple of things to talk about. Colin and I are going to talk about free labor uh, because we both use it. And, oh, it's, and uh, I am it, so I can it's help worked out very well for us. And uh, Colin actually has some very nice things to say about people who come in and have some input on things uh, and, and brew different beers and kind of change the way a company looks at itself and runs itself and uh, grows. Can I just, so, can I just also, say, look at we're going to get Dr. Scott on the air. He who, just uh, looks 
It would be an understatement if I said he's having a good time tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hang in there. It's the session live from downtown Joe's. We'll be right back with our final segment where we'll be looking for a drunk of the week. It's a toss-up between Dr. Scott and Dr. Scott. And uh, (laughs) we'll be right back. It's the session. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. Brewers Publications is proud to announce their newest release, Yeast, the Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation by Chris White and Jamil Zanishef. The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation is a resource for brewers of all experience levels. Chris and Jamil thoroughly cover yeast selection, storage, handling yeast, and how to culture yeast. Learn how to set up your own yeast lab, the basics of fermentation science and how it affects your beer, plus step-by-step procedures, equipment lists, and a comprehensive troubleshooting guide. Professionals and homebrewers trust Dr. Chris White, who founded White Labs Yeast more than 15 years ago. And Jamil Zanishev is one of the most respected and most awarded homebrewers in history and co-author of Brewing Classic Styles with John Palmer. Visit Brewers Publications on Facebook for more information. Order your copy at shop.beertown.org or from the Brewing Network. Yeast, the practical guide to beer fermentation by two of the most trusted names in commercial and home brewing. Proudly available soon from Brewers Publications. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe, and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it, with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? 
Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zaydashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamil. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate chip and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Sticking around, we're wrapping things up out here at Downtown Joe's. We got a lot of people hanging out with us, having a good time. There's some beer flowing, uh, not the least of which are the brand new pale ale from Tasty and Colin. Also, uh, the Russian River Janet's Brown, brewed by Tasty. Tasty worked hard tonight, so he's out wandering around enjoying beer with uh, with his friends and fans and uh, BN listeners. He's now hobnobbing, hobnobbing, which is which is pretty much what Doc's been doing uh, for for most of the day. Doc, tell us about your day. What, what have you been up to? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> well the first part of the day was um, I thought I would get an early start today. Yeah. And uh, it's Napa. Sure. It's wine country. Napa's. And uh, one of my patrons, Payson, said that, uh, hey, you're going to be up there. So, uh, uh so your patient said, hey, listen, you've gotten me a, a high a couple times. How, do, how about I take you out for some yeah, wine? Exactly. My, my brother is a, is a uh, vintner up there. Oh. And uh, your brother is Big Tim and Vint? The, the patient's no, brother. No, the patient's I'm going to translate. Don't You're worry. You're speaking doc. Yeah. Okay. Patient's la, brother. La, la, la. Okay. And, so uh, took you to a winery. So uh, I dragged Simon up here with me. Simon's our good friend. Uh, from He's our Burning Man friend, uh, which, he's, which makes he's him a good so friend. so English. It's very English. Yes. And. Uh, we show up at his doorstep, and, he could, and 
I emailed him. I talked to him, everything, and, and the doorbell rings, and he says, so what can I do for you? <laughs> he had no idea you were coming. Oh, he did, but it's, oh. it's like very dry. I see. And You said, give us wine. And, and first thing I thought was, oh, shit, and uh, give us wine. And uh, let me get some shoes. So he wasn't even dressed yet for no, you. No, no. And, and, and he took 10, 15 minutes to get some shoes. So me and Simon are uh, on the front porch standing. Waiting. And, yeah. And then we, we walked up and we went to the winery. We got some wine. And then he said, oh, let's go out to the, let's go out to the vineyard. And I'm freezing my ass off at the vineyard. But he opened up. It was, it was good. And... This dude is a dentist, too. Oh, I see. Oh, so Simon opens him up pretty good. Yeah. Englishmen do that well. And, I don't know what it uh, is. We, we had a great time. Okay. And, uh, and you were there all day before here? Yeah, we were about 1 o'clock till about 5 Because you didn't show up here till about 5.30. I know. Well, <laughs> the problem was about 4.30, I said, I got to go. Yeah. So we go back up to the house, and he goes, oh, I have some Chardonnay that's cold. And so we can't we, say no. We, no, right? We started drinking that, and then then I, I I brought him at least four of my beers. Okay. And it, he had that look on his face like I don't know about beer. I see. Did he enjoy them? He said, "I don't know about beer." <laughs> and I okay, I jumped right on that. All right. And so I, you ended up talking his ear off about beer for exactly. two hours. Exactly. Is it beer, beer, beer? And we're at this big oak table. This should not be in somebody's house. Okay. Like, a, is it was it like a redwood tree? Yes, it was like a redwood. And, and, and Simon says, "If I lived in the house." This should be this much glass. And, and we're looking at the whole Napa Valley down here. Yeah. And so you had a good time. Awesome time. And he got me talking about beer. Okay. And, and he was truly interested. He, he, he had no concept about how beer is beer. I see. So you had to teach him everything in two hours. Yes. <laughs> All he, right. And, uh, and he's handing me wine. And I'm teaching the beers I gave him and everything else. Do you think he actually gave a shit about beer? Yes, he really, really did. Okay. All right. He really, and, and uh, uh, he knows about downtown Joe's. Oh, good. Okay. And <laughs> I, I feel like we're now. And now you have a friend. I feel like we have to get Kim Wood up here to, like, coach him through a, I uh, actually a sentence. Kim Wood. Please come take Doc away. He needs to go have fun. He oh, needs no, his belly no, rub. No, no. Helmet, helmet Doc back up and get him out of here. <laughs> All right. We have, we <laughs> can, we, can we use that as a sound clip yes. from now on? <laughs> I like this place. All right. We have one more uh, serious thing to cover, Doc. Stick with us. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Colin, got no choice. I, uh, Colin wanted to talk about free labor. Oh, and, I, I, uh, I have one question. I need a beer, though. It's near and dear to my heart. What's the, your question? There's about? beers in front of me, and they're not mine. Go. You can have them. Can now. I drink them? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, good. That, that's Janet's brown. Yeah. Which one? That one. The brown. The brown. Awesome. <laughs> I like that. I don't know what the other two were. There's some sort of pale ale. <laughs> well, You'll figure it oh, out. I, I, have, I have to say, tonight, I, love you. I have not had a bad beer from anybody that served me one. That's true. Everyone's serving some good beer tonight, uh, home brewers included. The home brewers really stepped up tonight. Yeah, yeah. 
They did not serve Doc a bad beer. Hey, I like that. I, uh, in fact, this beer right here was a Doc-inspired beer that was poured to me by Mike, one of the homebrewers here today. And he took uh, Jamil's um, hazelnut porter, I think, chocolate mm-hmm. hazelnut uh-huh. porter. And spiked it with Special K. But he dropped out the hazel, yeah, which i got to say is working. It's pretty good. It's fantastic. Yeah. He dropped out the hazelnut and put in your coconut. Uh, uh, and, and so it was kind of Doc-inspired, and it's, it came out really nice. We, we had a big, big problem with that. He, uh, after the last one here, uh, yeah, yeah. he said, I, I need your recipe. Oh, okay. Your I, coconut porter recipe. Yes, and uh, I tried to, I, right when I switched over computers, I couldn't get my Pro Mash over to the next one. I see. And I, I really tried to get it over, and I, I ended up buying another Pro Mash Program, uh, program the whole thing. I see. And so you were missing a bunch of your all recipes. All of a sudden, they had locks on everything, and it would not let me share them with anybody. I couldn't print it. I couldn't do anything. I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to move over to Beersmith. You can go to Beersmith.com. You can get a 21-day free trial of uh, the software. You know what's and, good about, uh, about you, know what, you is you know why you're probably a good merger onto the freeway, too, aren't you? <laughs> just, I just moved right in. Do you know in. why yeah. I never did that before? Because I had the, I had the uh, Beersmith beforehand, Yeah. and I liked it. But you couldn't but move your recipe. But I had so much in ProMash. Right. Well, this is a per- perfect opportunity to switch. And we had our listeners that... I can do that for you. Ah, okay. Um, I don't mind that I paid again for the Pro Mash. Yeah. I care about my recipes. Okay. And whether I can share them with everybody. So, uh, speaking of that, so is Pro Mash a no longer a no longer supported product? Is that? It's there. I, I think it's a secondhand thing. For what do you mean him. of the BN? No, no. Uh, just in general, uh, I don't hear anything about ProMash. Oh, Everybody's I see. talking because about it's all about beer smith. Is that's there what, technical you know? support for ProMash? Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, as it being uh, updated. I don't know the official answer for that. The unofficial answer, in my experience, and from what my listeners tell me, it is no longer supported, and it is very difficult to. What that fucking little lock, golden lock, is on my recipes. I'd um, be happy. Diane, I don't know about that. My, it's I, a I virtual chastity belt. As long as I've been brewing. Well, yeah. that's why I recommend Beersmith.com uh, because it Did is Did you know supported. about Beersmith, Colin? You can, you can get all the answers you need. Uh, if it's for, uh, you can even send an email, and you know what happens? You get an email back. You know, I've, I've never tried the email program. If it's for home brewers and it's easier interface, it should be. Uh, yeah, that's right. But Thank you, Tom. My thing always is you should be... Um, computerized. Yes, it, it's down. You can issue it and you share it. Share it. I agree. Right. And I can't share it right now, and it's really pissing me off. I'd like to issue it though. Tell you that much, right? Fucking no. I love issue. I'll issue that thing. All right. I, we have to cover one more uh, serious topic before we uh, carry on and, and end the show. Yeah, hang out. You okay. know what uh, else is good? It's paper. I love. You but the paper it. that I was Cypher having uh, uh, with my friends' faces wasn't... I, I don't even know from that. I agree with you. Chicken soup. I agree with that. Absolutely. That's almost a Bill Cosby impression I got. I got to work on that a little bit more. And then we were having the jello pudding and the faces and the little kids with the face. And he looked at me and he said... Faces. <laughs> it's almost good, right? God, that's I agree with that yeah. also. Uh, you know what? That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Colin Kaminsky. Free yes, labor. Talk uh, to me. So, well, 
Well, you know, I, I kind of wanted us to uh, bring this up in the segment just uh, just prior. Uh, well, the, I mean, well, okay. I wanted to bring it up tonight because right. um, I am seeing Brewing Network listeners literally every day now. Really? Every day I've got somebody who comes in and says, thank you for supporting the Brewing Network. Um, uh, thank you so much for all the things that you do. I listen to this show. I listen to that show. Um, Way uh, out here in Napa's every day. Every every single day. That's cool. And, uh, mo- yeah. Most of these people are from out of California. I'll tell okay. them here. How do they get to talk to you? Do they have to say, is Colin here? Um, you know, I want. I am the only person that wanders around with a shirt that says "Quality Control Department," and so they usually assume that the guy walking with the beard, looking like he's really busy, is the brewer. <laughs> right, and uh, you're easy to spot. Yeah, so they they tend to find me. They just um, look for the nerd. I'm, I do. I do see people every day. I get phone calls every Monday now uh, for people that want to help brew. Nice. Um, and you like that? I, I do actually. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to sit down with somebody and say, "Okay, well, where are you at?" And some people, some of these people know more about brewing than I do. Call some of them know less, and we just we just do the best we can, and we make a beer. Right. Look for the nerd. <laughs> There's like 13 out there, at least. <laughs> and and what's really been fun about this is uh, it's by both teaching and and by uh, by being taught, um, we've grown the body of knowledge of beer. I would say this year, 30% of my batches of beer have been done with a guest brewer. Really? Most of those guest brewers have been from the Brewing Network. That's awesome. Um, it doesn't save me any labor um, because the time that I spend sure. entertaining and chatting and teaching and learning and, and all of that, I would normally spend fixing computers and, okay. and, and repairing maintenance and scrubbing floors. and um, uh, Except for when uh, Mike McDole showed up, that was a difference. See? He showed up with a work crew. Yeah, so he does like, that. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, okay, could you guys uh, scrub that floor over there? Your free labor all over here. And then <laughs> your free labor bought his own free labor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tasty does bring minions. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. And, He's a smart they, man. And they were very ambitious and yeah. did a good job. So cool. Um, but also uh, in all this, I got a intern this year for the first time. Really? Um, uh, Kyohei uh, uh, came from uh, Tokyo. Okay. Um, wow. Called me up, uh, said I w- or emailed me, said that he was very excited about learning to brew West Coast IPAs, that he was going to go to Siebel, um, that he'd spent a year in British Columbia learning English, and then he went to Siebel, and, did- and now he wants to come here. How did Kiyohei all the way over in Japan hear about you and want to come brew with you? On the Brewing Network. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. But had, had all the podcasts on his iPhone and would listen to his iPhone before. Because he'd always get here an hour before I did because I'm always late, right? right. And, 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 and he would, That's why you fit right in. And, and he, would, he would just show up and start listening to podcasts. That is awesome. Skype to his wife, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, 24 years old, really excited about brewery, okay. brewing and, and trying to do West Coast styles in Japan. Cool. And he did 24 batches of beer that included nine pails with you, so, with me, no. uh, in two months. Wow, sweet. So you had him brewing every day. He was he was working hard. I had him brewing three to four days a week. Okay. Well, they work hard. <laughs> the well, Jap- the no, Japanese? It, it, no, know, the intern. The intern. Oh, the no, intern. No, 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 actually, actually, you know, there's a different work ethic there because uh, when he came in, we his first day here, we worked. We had a hard first day here. I, I had another guest brewer from the Brewing Network. Um, he had just come in from Chicago, okay. um, and he uh, so he got a half of a brew day, and we were pretty tired at the end of the day. And I'm like, okay, well it's time for us. I'll buy you sushi. 
So we go over to the little sushi place down the street, and he's like, well, I mean, it's only 6.30. Well, yeah, it's 6.30. I've been working since 8. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Oh, we work 14 hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and every day, you know, we'd be exhausted after nine hours. But every day at nine hours, we'd stop. And he'd, he'd look like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm getting off this easy. That's amazing. Sometimes I sleep for 14 hours, and it makes me really tired. <laughs> so I, it's amazing that he could. That crack, he, that's crack his... a noon, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he used to work 14 hours and have an hour and 15-minute community twit. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, he also go to school like 500 days a year. And I'm there. sure if he's not listening right now, he will uh, hear this podcast. So hear this. hi, Kyohei, and, and say hi to your wife for me. Don't you mean Ohio? <laughs> what? Isn't that hi in Japanese? I don't think so. That's hello. I learned that from Follow That Bird when Big Bird went to Japan. Oh, you did? Ohio. Well, it must be true then. Yeah. All right. Well, hello to Kyohei and uh, Kyohei. Kyohei. And it's Ohio? I don't know. So, so... <laughs> Kyo would be like a big Y, but it's a little Y. Kyo. Kyo. And so it's, and, and Tokyo, it's Kyo. not Tokyo. It's Tokyo. Tokyo. Kyohei. Kyohei. All right. I still would have screwed it up. No. Here every day. Where? I'd Nowhere. Like, I'd have been like, Kyohei, go home. It's been 14 hours already. Get out of here. He, he, he helped so hard, so much. And literally, by, by the end, he, he could brew by himself. It wasn't an issue. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, listen, I, I'm obviously with you on this. Uh, people are so passionate about this industry and about beer and home brewing and craft beer that the I've said it a, a million times over because uh, it's my form of a paycheck. Uh, you, uh, we couldn't do it without guys like this coming in and helping and, and showing how excited they are about the industry. Well, uh, and, and we're growing the industry, and that's one of the things. You know, I, I mean... Uh, hopefully, Kyohei will take California beer, beer knowledge to Japan That'd be awesome. and start doing some neat stuff over there. And, and, yeah. and, 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 Colin, and the more people that know about beer, the the more people that are going to be buying beer. Sure. And Colin's saying, come on down. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll brew with you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Not all of our guests, you know, Colin, uh, do are as, uh, their doors are not as open as yours are to invite people They're back. They're afraid to say, hey, can I brew? And, but you're, you're ready to do it. You know what? I, and I've, I bet I've brewed with more than 100 people now. Wow. Yeah. See, I would find that really annoying. But you like that sort of thing. <laughs> you, you like uh, people. You like people. It breaks up that random, you know, it's a, that random break. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I've got to do another pale ale. I've already done 100. Yeah. I, you know, what, what's going to anyway. be different? And, no, I yeah. can see that. And that's very cool because uh, you have a small system, so you have to brew very, very often. So and to and get I brew by and, myself. Yeah, yeah. So, so to break that up, I, I understand that. That actually does matter. I, I would probably like that. Too. Yeah, I brew 105 days a year. So, wow. you know, having 20 or 30 of those with a guest, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. All right, so as always, if you're a bn or come on down and introduce yourself to Colin, and chances are he'll invite you to uh, empty out his mash tun. Or just, just call me on Monday, and I'll tell you what day I'm brewing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, actually pretty amazing the amount of listeners who come up to me locally and say, oh, yeah, actually, I brewed with Colin. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, you and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Big the deal. after fact, yeah. <laughs> He's oh, like oh, a yeah, bicycle. Everybody gets but, a well, turn. Yeah. But what I like is when you know somebody something. comes in, and they and they're like, oh, I really want to brew with you. I brew these styles, and then all we talk about is hot rods all day. Yeah. And that's all they want to talk about. And it's like, right, okay, if you want to talk about hot rods? That's fine with me. Right. I don't care. I think <laughs> talking about Westphalia. 
See, I could come in. We could talk Volkswagens all day, Colin. Then I'd brew with you. You know, I uh, a lot of my first cars were Volkswagens. So I know, I know but I don't actually. I don't like talking Volkswagens <laughs> with you because all you tell me is how my third cylinder is going to burn up uh, eventually, and you just make me paranoid. Do, yeah. Do you have a? Uh, my third cylinder's fine so far. No, what year do you? Have? So far. No, what, what year is your? Uh, Seventy-nine. I have a Type Four. Oh, yeah. And I'm not putting on an external oil cooler, oh, despite no your recommendation. <laughs> type. Type two, you're gonna be weak in that cylinder wall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Type Four has the same uh, third cylinder not, issue, yeah, I think. N- yeah, not as bad as the Type Two. The Type Two was what it ended in '71, I think. Okay. You can weld that up. You're fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, Colin. Uh, there's a couple uh, pale ale names that we didn't talk about before we get out of here. That's right. Pallet Wrecker. Uh, but somebody already took that one. Yeah. Uh, the artist, formerly known as Shat the Producer, uh, reminded me that there's some really good names that didn't get uh, talked about. Put the producer, formerly known as Shaq? Well, you know, we talked about how uh, when this beer was being brewed, there was an entire pallet of, uh, of grain dropped on somebody's car. So there is uh, Hit and Run Pale Ale is a good name. Hit and Run Pale Ale. Which, yeah. by the way, Hit and Run Pale is, is one of my favorites. What was the other one, uh, Shaq? Oh, dented hood pale ale. Dented hood. Hood, hood ornament pale. Hood so, ornament pale. Busted Mercedes. I don't know so, what kind of car it was. It was a Volvo. Oh. It was a brand new Volvo. Oh, so it's <laughs> so Hood ornament Ouch. sounds like a OMG. fetish porn about piercings. I kind of, I really like hit and run pale, man. That's a <laughs> hood ornament. Good name. No, nobody, nobody got hood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, pale guys got. don't hit and run. <laughs> well, it happens. OMG. OMG. So a couple of names there that you want to you want to consider too. Okay. I'll you keep might those take in into mind. account that there was an accident on the day the beer was brewed, and there, there you know sometimes that. that's a good story. So uh, take those, especially because every other name we got was shit, except for friend of mine. <laughs> friend of mine, I like. So yeah, that was Justin a good Pale. name. That was the that was a pretty good one. All right, we're gonna wrap things up here. Um, we do have to do a drunk of the week uh, vote. Who would that be? Well, uh, you know, I, I know I, you're thinking. <laughs> stop it. Uh, well, no. <laughs> you don't want to be it again. No. <laughs> I, I hope we're uh, not gonna. Okay, f- uh, uh, give us your ABCs backwards, Doc. <laughs> oh, I can't even say it's over. Which, by the way, in case you didn't know, is the answer the cops are looking for when they tell you to say your ABCs backwards. They're just Crazy. waiting for you to say, what do you mean? I don't even know them sober. Oh, you got me, didn't you? <laughs> yes, push. Well, I hope we're not forgetting Bebo's story. Nobody uh, wants to miss that dream. I didn't know if that was a public story. Which story is that? And I don't know if it's a downtown Joe's public story. How about we save it for the next in studio show? I think it might be inappropriate to tell in yeah, this yeah. setting. Because oh. I really I would like to explore the story and I, I'm not gonna do it here. It's not so. a story, it's a dream. But oh. Bebo so a uh, little teaser uh, coming up uh, in the next episode of the session. A uh, really creepy story about Sam and some other friends we know and Beav and uh, we'll tell you that when we're back in the studio. And a shower. And a shower. <laughs> oh Beav. Oh ew. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know what happened to you, but I'm pretty sure I'm responsible. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. So, were there any other uh, Drunk of the Week nominations in the room? Was anybody this falling right down? There. Did anybody <laughs> urinate where they're not supposed to? Uh, si, he looks fine. This guy's like, what are you talking about? I just worked out. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Everything's great. Um, I went to the bathroom. Well, if there are no other nominations, um, I'm pretty... No! <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I know you hate it when you when you I win this. I don't like this. But, Doc, you only get it when you earn it, if you think about it. No. 
No, I will not accept it. C D E F G. No, no, backwards. Backwards. So turn around and say it. What if we have JP give you a sobriety test right here in front of the table? No. <laughs> no. There's Drunk no of the touching. Week, Dr. Scott. No. <laughs> Back in action in 2010. Yeah, this is Doc from like three years ago. Every Bite. fucking Sunday. Bite me. Here's how I know. No, the Doc Stabbing Power is in the malt milk. Now, let me tell you, this one was predictable. When Doc yeah. brings a good friend along, like our good friend Simon, yeah. it's almost a guarantee that Doc's going to have himself a nice time. He likes to be true. a good host. He likes to uh, party down a little bit. He really enjoys the company of his friends. So the second that Doc told me he's bringing our friend Simon out, I could have written down this part of the show. I could have <laughs> told you that it was going to be Doc feeling nice at the end. Uh, by the way, I know this because I'm the same as Doc. You bring out a good friend and you're like, all right, we're going to have a nice time. So uh, I've never gotten drunk with you. That's weird. Well, is, like is this I said, a bad good, thing? No, they said good friend, Jake. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I get that. Also, you get all creepy when you drink. You're like, oh, I shouldn't do this. My uh, Everyone will be upset with me. I'm upset with myself. Oh, as opposed to me, I should drink this more. Whereas Doc goes, I haven't had another one yet. <laughs> I'm not done until I have another one. Yeah. Repeat. Yeah. So, well, congratulations, Doc. You've, Thank you. You've, I've done, oh. it, you've done it again. You know what? If, if I go out to my car tomorrow and I find that medal again that I didn't expect. Well, you'll get the medal. Don't worry. This wasn't a drunk of the year. Medal. It's no. not a drunk of the year performance. So okay. you're okay. You're you know not what, I, in think, the, I think we'll mail the medal to you uh, addressed to your wife. No. <laughs> Karen, please make yeah. sure Doc yeah. gets this. All right. We do have a couple giveaways to do. Oh. What do we do? Let's Before do them right go. now. Let's give everything away. I need a beer. Can someone give away a beer Where to me? Where the can go? Well, I have an old school. You want this beer? How, you know, it's been there for like eight hours. So you don't want it? Pale ale or whatever the whatever, whatever the fuck everyone's drinking. What do the kids drink today? Beggars can't be choosers. Man. A pitcher of beer's coming. Loco. Are there any lunch meat fans in the room? Woo! Are there any old school lunch meat fans? Been listening for a long time. A couple. There's two, and they should wrestle for it. Uh, Moscow, do me a favor and check out the lunch meat shirt that should be on that chair to your it's left. It's a 2X. It's a 2X. It's a 2X. You're not a 2X, are you? I think both of you could fit in that 2X. Your might be a 2X. What size is that shirt you're wearing right there? That's a yeah, large. It's a Schumann size. Yeah, that thing's not going to oh, fit you. We need care. a big, fat lunch meat fan for an old-school lunch meat shirt that isn't even produced anymore. That's a 2X. Will that fit you? You, man. 1X. We don't have anybody that's going to fit. That's too bad. I'll fit. Thanks, brother. We don't even make those anymore. No, this is the last 2X I'll, original lunch meat shirt that and, we have. Make him fit it. Anybody want to fit and make fun? Does anybody want a creepy uh, shirt for their wife as, a, as a sleep make shirt? Make it fit into this. Strip it. You guys, this is the last one. You can use it to put a coat of carnauba wax on your No, 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 no. This is actually exactly what I expected. You can't give away a lunch no, right right. Nobody wants I, it. No. Okay, Justin, I, I have a rather embarrassing question. Now. Get that thing off my hands. Take that hideous thing. Wash your car with it. You can't just take it home. You Clean up the blood with it. Now. Yeah. Get my network. All right, we have some They're other fighting other for it. <laughs> They're fighting for it. We have some other giveaways to do. We're going to do them off the air because uh, oh, I'm no, done. Right. We're out of here. No, 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 no. You have to wear it. 
<laughs> Justin, I have a rather embarrassing question to ask. Who are you, who are you asking? You. Oh, shit. Where do babies I, come from? I, I have never heard a lunch meat show, so in two sentences, how would you describe oh. it? Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? Basically, I've never heard uh, one either. I'll tell you what you do, Colin. You, 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 you take out the I've word n- lunch meat and put in the Mona Lisa or the Statue of David and then describe that. And then take that out and put lunch me back in. It's the same thing. Uh, I, I was told if you took a Sunday session and took the word beer out of it, that it would be lunch me. No, it's a lot worse than that. It's <laughs> much worse than that, unfortunately. I had to explain it today. My and, two and other days, twice. Yeah. Um, Whatever my that two sentences to describe lunch meat would be a, a, a person should not listen, period. But you can. Because it's total shit. Period. Those are my two. Uh, yeah. uh, Doc's wearing his latest. My ten-year-old wants this shirt so bad. It's an awful show. I don't recommend it, and I'm quite ashamed that we even produce it on a rare occasion. See, I personally really enjoy it because um, I like it a lot. It's uh, news, but it is news. in a uh, not funny way at all. It's funny news that's not funny because we do it. See, <laughs> that's about how it goes. All right, it, we're out of here. That's it. Is the only is your, it is the only show that pushes streaked through, though. Thank you, Justin. Woo! Colin, thanks once again. Colin, you put together Colin. an awesome show. Uh, Colin Kaminsky and Tasty McDole uh, doing a brand new pale ale out here. And, uh, downtown Naples. You know, made for a great topic, in my opinion, because I wanted to talk about designing a recipe. Because uh, we haven't done it in a while, for one. And yeah. because I think there's this huge trend of people moving away from it. So I'm glad you brought it up for us. Yeah, people need to make their own recipes. Don't read a recipe. Make your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've done it, but in generalities. And it was really good to take sure. a specific recipe yeah. and break that down. Absolutely. You know? It was also great you know to I mean? have uh, Mr. Push Eject on board to help yes. us with the sound tonight. Thank you, Mr. Push. Thank you, Push. We Thank you to uh, Mrs. Push for letting him stay, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah. Couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. And, and uh, Sammy wanted to make sure that we uh, congratulated the Giants Let's just one more time. Play! So, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, don't worry, Sam. I got your back. I'd hate for you to go home feeling like you didn't get your Giants bill. He's such a fan. It's amazing. I, you know, I've never never seen somebody so heartfelt about the Giants as, as our little Sam. That's the only thing he is. Yeah, he's heartfelt. He loves them Giants. Okay, Sam is small and drunk. He's going to get killed. Can you stop? <laughs> Sit down. I'm going to encourage Sit. the killing of Sam uh, now. Th- those people are wondering the rubber hoses are kept Bebo, in the brewery. They don't leave I a brewery. <laughs> Sam is small. I've seen him in the bathroom. All right, listeners at home, thanks for tuning in. Thanks once again to uh, Colin Kaminsky and his staff here at Downtown Joe's yeah, for taking Josh, care Josh. of us. And thanks for coming out, everybody who came out for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in a few months, I'm sure. We, we always will. are. Right. And uh, we are. Uh, if we say we're going to be we're at Downtown out. Joe's, make a trip out here. It's always a good time, and they're very gracious hosts. So uh, we won't see you next week. It's Thanksgiving, and we are off. Uh, JP has a lot to do. Uh, so no. we, we, there will be no show next, next Sunday. But We'll be back the week after that with a, a homebrew topic, actually. Scott's got something lined up a for homebrew us. homebrew topic. Yeah, we're back to homebrew. Uh, we had a homebrew topic tonight, what? too, but yeah. uh, we're going hardcore homebrew when we come back. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, plus it's a sit-up Oh, that's right. That'll be the fifth. Me and the beef. That's right. Beef, I'm only up to like 50. Have so. you been practicing? 
I'll do it. Uh, I'm not practicing. I'm exercising a lot, though, but I'm only up to like 50. Really? You, you got me beat. We yeah. all you do can it. really only. And what, and what? Everybody. What amount of time? Like, what's our time? Like in 60 one, minutes. Like in one set. Like I'm doing 50 at a time. 60 seconds. In a minute? A, yeah, yeah. One minute. Oh, like it's in a... Oh, I can maybe do well at that. Like if it's a time it. We all do it. Everybody. Doc, you only say that because you're going to kick our ass. You do like 200 a day. I know. Yeah. You bitch. I know. He's like the oldest fit guy you've ever met. Yeah. He looks, he looks old when you stare at him in the face, but he takes his shirt off. He's like 30 years old. Right. Yeah. That's why he keeps, by the way, taking his shirt off tonight. I, I got to set the bar. <laughs> All right. Doc is the youngest 50-year-old I've ever met, I'm going to admit right now. I can't keep up with the bastard. Either, Doc, either in partying or scary, exercising. It's scary, isn't it? It's very scary. Doc, whenever you take your shirt off, you set my bar. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> all right. We'll see you all in a couple weeks. Thanks again, right. everybody, for coming out. I appreciate it. Blows my mind. I love homebrew all the time.